When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast on AtTheRaces.com. You can subscribe to the show for free on iTunes and on SoundCloud. I am joined in studio, as per usual, by Mr. At The Races himself, Kevin Blake. Hello and good evening. Who will be live for ATR. Uh, I do believe on this Sunday afternoon alongside the all-star panel of Gary O'Brien and I'm guessing Kevin O'Ryan. No, he never works at Leopardstown. He always does the, the race course MC. Oh, that's right. Can't he do both? I, I, if he was allowed, he would, but they don't allow him to... <laughs> Something tells me he'd be all right with doing both. Uh, We announced on Twitter we've got a special guest this week, and we do have a special guest. Absolutely delighted to welcome And it's not Charles Burns. And it's not Charles Burns. I'm afraid Charles couldn't join us this week, but I'm delighted to say that Mr. Brian Cooper can. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you, lad? How are you keeping? Good, thank God. Uh, First of all, how are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. Tipping away. Uh, I was uh, first gym session there yesterday, so um, I was in the sanctuary yesterday morning as well, so we're coming along nicely. A lacerated liver. Uh, I mean, that sounds like the kind of thing I'd have after a night out, but it's also the. And I was talking to somebody today who said that's like the kind of injury you'd get after a 100 kilometer an hour car crash. And it kind of puts into perspective just the risk that you and your colleagues put your bodies at each and every day. Um, how painful has this injury process been? This time with the pelvis wasn't actually that sore. Um, I, I got up and walked into the ambulance, but I was helped into the ambulance. And. Um, you know, I thought I was okay. I was sore, but I thought it was, you know, I just thought it was a bang. Or maybe it's me, myself, trying to tell myself I was okay. I didn't want to be hurt again, you know. But um, yeah. once I went to hospital, I got worse. I had the pain that night, you know, it was pretty bad. I just couldn't really move or sleep for a while. It was just more awkward. Than it I guess you'd have adrenaline going through your system as well, similar to a car crash, because it is high impact and it's a shock. So as that starts to wear off, then the pain starts to build up as well. The more I thought about your injuries, and I was reading Kevin's blog today, I didn't realise that in 2014, when you suffered the leg break at the festival, the doctor actually, for I don't know for how long they considered it, but that they did consider possibly amputating your leg. Yeah, I, I think it was, that was a lot of the English press. You know the way they go on their time? It was bad. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't that bad. I was, never, I was never told it was going to be amputated to me. And I did, well, they didn't tell me they were going to amputate it. I presume they would have had to ask before they amputated. So. <laughs> you were probably off your head on medication. They probably did ask you and you just don't remember. <laughs> well, I, I told you, I was off my head that much medication that I, I still thought I was dreaming when I read what won the Gold Cup that year. <laughs> and realised that speaking some of the three winners that day as well, I was fully convinced I was still out after those for great. <laughs> Until reality, reality hit me down and I realised what, what was after happening. Uh, 
wouldn't be like the press to sensationalise things at all. But of course, it makes it a better story when you say they nearly took your leg away, Brian, and look at you now. Yeah, they like writing things about me as well. I think so. <laughs> you had a, a lacerated uh, liver before. It's a fractured pelvis that you're currently out of action with from that injury on New Year's Day. I'm reminded of that image of Ruby Walsh, and the title was Iron Man, and it listed all of the bones that have broken in his body and all of the significant injuries he's had. Um, I, I hope this doesn't make you regress into therapy. But could you detail uh, for us just how many injuries you've had over the years? Oh, um, so I broke my leg twice. Um, my lower leg and my femur. Broke my wrist twice. Broke my arm. Broke my pelvis. Broke ribs. Lacerated liver. Punctured lung twice. Collarbone. I uh, believe every one of them were on the right side of my body. That's insane and like you're 24 years of age and you've suffered all of those injuries already has there ever been a point where you've said ah screw this like I love racing but screw this uh, when it happened when it happened the other day I was just like I was so down and annoyed again you know, I'm out but you kind of then you see the likes of horses like get you he winning and then you're like well I need to get back I want to get back right you know the, the bite is still there anyway, and I, it's, a, it's a drug yeah, it must be, you know, I suppose it's like, you know, we got kind of, we're, we're so sucked into it now at this stage and I, you know, when I see a good horse winning, like it just gives me that extra drive to say, right, well, I want to be back and I want to get on that horse and I want to win it, you know. And Brian, most people listening, you know, they won't be sportsmen. A lot of them won't have done a lot in physical terms that way and they wouldn't have... They'd have, I suppose, of a normal a normal view of pain, whereas I suppose jump jockeys have an altogether different relationship with pain. In terms of all those injuries you've had... In terms of pure pain and displeasure and everything else, what would have been the worst of the lot? Uh, my femur and downright that time. I generally thought that was the worst thing of all time. Because that is a huge uh, bone. The impact yeah. it must take to break your femur must be absolutely frightening. Yeah, the ground is like concrete. And it was literally, I remember I landed. So I kind of landed rolling and it broke, but I landed back sitting up and I saw mm. it. And it was just like a rugby ball. Jesus Christ. I brought down Mark and I like, actually and he was, I was roaring out there my leg was broke and he says he says, I think my leg's broke too <laughs> and he looked at mine and he says, well, he says I don't think my leg is broke <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean I, I'm, I'm looking for painkillers hearing these stories let alone having gone, going through that actual pain um, it, it's fairly shocking in your blog for 32 Red I think it was the 6th of January Kevin was reading it to me you were saying you were was it four weeks away from seeing the specialist? Where are you on the track to recovery now? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm seeing him next Tuesday. So I'm, t- I'm tipping away in Santry there in the sports surgery clinic with Enda King, uh, doing bits and pieces there. And I'm seeing the, uh, Paddy Kenny on Tuesday. So I'll have a better idea. Like he did say it would be six to eight weeks. Uh, the more I think about it, like I don't, I don't see the point of rushing for six weeks when Cheltenham Cheltenham is so close you know and I don't another setback and I'm gone again so I'd like to give it make sure I'm 110% right because you know it's not as if I'd be easing back into it when I'm back I'm back straight into it again you know I want to be right so you won't be killing yourself to get back to the Irish Gold Cup meeting would say well that is my aim but I just find it at the minute I'd say I don't think Paddy let me you know he's he's, he's done all my every single he knows all my injuries like he's looked after me every time like he always does the best for me you know even my arm that time there when I broke it there a couple of weeks a couple of months ago when I was trying to get back to riding down Royal I genuinely thought I'd ride down Royal until I went to him the week before and he said no it's not he just didn't advise me and he'd be doing it for my own good as well you know yeah. so. mm. 
Um, he looks, he does do the best for me, and I, I do a lot. I'd listen to him like I wouldn't, especially with Chelsea so close, because like I need to be tip top shape for that. Yeah, uh, you talk about being in tip-top shape for Shelton this reminds me again uh, of Ruby Walsh and that awful injury that he'd suffered that kept him out for most of the season in the 2011 year um, when Hurricane Fly ended up going off favourite for the champion hurdle and won at the first time of asking but that season Paul Townhend had been riding all those Willie Mullins grade one horses and been mopping up races and I remember there were certain sections of the media and certain people on social media as well were saying but hang on, how can you jock off Paul on all these horses? Look at all the great job he's been doing. And Willie was making the point, hold on a second. Like, Paul's a good young jockey, but Ruby's my number one. Like, he's yeah. he's number one. There's no question about that. So when you're looking at exciting horses like uh, Debt Duty in particular, who's going to go off a short price favourite for a novice hurdle, there's a young man who's riding a crest of a wave and having great success. In one way, are you delighted for him that he's coming along and seeing the success but in another way are, is there a bit of frustration that there's so much talk about this young fella this is your job and you're one of the most famous riders in the weighing room now um, is there a is it a difficult situation for you to be in? Uh, not really like I've to be honest I've kind of in the last year or two I've, I don't want things like that bother me anymore like there's going to be someone riding him if it's not Jack it's going to be David if it's not David you know, it could be Davey Russell again. You know, there's yeah. someone riding him. Someone has to ride him. I can't ride him. I'm injured. Jack's, yeah, he's doing a good job. At the end of the day, like, he's doing nothing. Less. The horses are all winning. Mm. You know, they're good horses. He's riding for Gordon. He's a very lucky man to have Gordon. He's doing nothing wrong. But, like, you know, someone someone has to ride them horses and winning them. That's the way I look at it. You know, if it's not Jack, it would have been Dave. It was Dave Mullins. When I was out my arm, Dave was riding everything, you know. Yeah. And... Now with Jack and the, the, the media are making a lot of thing about it, and you know there's a lot of people saying that he should be riding, maybe right keeping rising and chatting. But then you look, as you said yourself, you look at they were saying the same for Ruby. Yeah. And Ruby come back in his first ride, bang! He won the Super Novice on Alfaroff, wasn't it? Was Alfaroff. Uh, uh, he won the Super Novice that year, and I never forget his first ride back in Jetland, bang! And next thing everything stopped talking about. Mm, yeah. So, and that ride he gave Hurricane Fly that day when Pedalist Cross, who at the time was a high-class horse, was coming up right alongside him. Like, he was making the point that if he'd made Hurricane Fly go sooner, he could have been in trouble. But the fact that he held on to him for longer meant that he was able to win by further. Yeah, well, that's just, you know, Ruby's incredible at getting the, the very last minimum of a horse. That, you know, he, sa- he saves and saves. Mm. You know, and there's only one finish line and there's only... I mean, there's only one Ruby Walsh. Like he's gifted, I think. Part of the reason, though, why I'm making that comparison between the two of you, and I know it's a very lofty comparison to be making, uh, even though you are an extremely talented jockey, um, is the fact that he didn't have a huge amount of time to get himself ready in terms of um, race preparedness, but obviously in terms of fitness, he'd have been very fit having yeah. um, been jogging and, and doing the natural fitness there. Um, in terms of Cheltenham, like how f- how close to peak fitness do you need to be um, to, to feel mentally right for the big day? I, I look, uh, once I come back and ride a couple of winners, get the winners out of the way and I go into Cheltenham on a, on a nice roll, you know, a nice easy yeah. roll. You know, obviously if I come back and I don't ride a winner between when I'm back at Cheltenham and then people will be talking and leave them talk, you know, but once yeah. I'd like to ride a couple of winners, you know, you always do. Well, I suppose I'm lucky in that, with that position that, you can kind of have so many horses and we'll have so many horses on the, running on the weeks up to Cheltenham which will give me plenty rides like the first week for me will be tough because I'll go back 
say wherever it's on a Saturday or whatever day I said, I'd go back and I could have four or five rides bang straight that day. Yeah. So I like that's the greatest thing about that we're allowed to go to Santry now and you know, I find that like anytime I've come back from injury so far since I broke my leg, I've been fitter. Like I've never had a, a blow or anything like that at all. I've been so fit. So I don't I think it's just you know, once you can get a couple of winners there and you're going in on a roll, that's all that matters. You've been at the top now for quite a long time and obviously it's sad he's no longer with us but Ara Connor kind of propelled you to superstardom in the Triumph Hurdle um, which for regular listeners to the show will know he was very closely associated to this podcast as well with um, former colleague Noel Hayes Um, We were talking last week to Johnny Ward about young jockeys uh, both male and female and how they can be thrown into the spotlight very quickly and made out to be superstars and then the second their claims are gone all of a sudden some of them can be discarded how difficult is it to go from being a young talented jockey and up and coming to actually making it to grade one level and staying there yeah well it's just you know you need a good you need good people behind you you need a good nowadays you need a proper job you know I was lucky I had Desi and he had given me so many opportunities Mm. before that and continued after and then luckily I had Town who picked me up at that that January then after the three after the winners I had in Chatham, you know. So it, it, riding good horses will always bring you forward, and riding the good races will always improve you. You know, you're not going to learn anything going around out the back in a in handicap hurdles there on Taurus and riding finishing tenth and eleventh. You know, you, you, I I think the more the more big races you're riding, the more opportunities you get, the more you have a chance to come through and and showing your ability. You know, if, if your ability is there when you're 18 if you're well out to ride well, then there's no reason why you can't keep improving the whole way through you know yeah. if you get the opportunities but it's just you need a good job and you need to believe in yourself that you have that natural ability and, and if pe- people give you the opportunities you deliver and Brian something else we touched on last week and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it we were talking about some jockeys that come up and they almost come up too fast. You know, Jack is probably an exception, but you get quite a few lads come off the pony racing scene. They have a lot of experience. They're very precocious and they get their license when they're 16 and everyone wants them and they end up riding a lot of winners very quickly and it doesn't always carry on for them. You know, something might go wrong for them or all of a sudden they've had a growth spurt and, they, you know, they only have a few winners left of their three pounds and they can't do the weights they used to do and all of a sudden they go from being the hero to being on the scrap heap a little bit you know what do you think of the system like my suggestion and none of the lads agreed with me now but my suggestion was maybe there could be something we could do from a from a from a systemic point of view to actually slow the lads down say that they can, you know you can't write out your, your, your full acclaim in the space of a year if you're that good you know that maybe that it might be a help to the, to the young lads not just in terms of their career but in terms of everything really to help them mature you know physically and mentally just to slow them down a little bit would you see any value in that or would you be would you be a believer in you know if you're good enough you're good enough well it's, just, it's probably hard for me to say because I was just probably one of those lucky ones who happened and it kept happening to me you know um, yeah. like uh, I didn't ever touch wood like thankfully since I've the year I was champion condition like I've rode more winners each season you know like a party winner 40 winner 60 winners you know so it's I, from my point of view it's hard for me to tell but I can see where you're coming from and that it is very tough on you know the lads that are going racing every day with six rides and could be riding a winner a week or two winners a week you know to go into literally down it's like that that can't be easy to take when you're used to being up at such mm-hmm. a young age you know 
You know, the example I used last week and I, I went away and looked at it a bit closer in the meantime was Danny Mullins you know he came off the pony racing scene with a huge amount of hype behind him I think he rode from his first six rides for Jim Bulger he rode four winners and it just kept going for him and then all of a sudden he was 17 his three pound claim was nearly gone he was after having a growth spurt he decided to go to, to go over jumps and all of a sudden he was into a completely new discipline with only a handful of winners left in his three pound, you know, before he to compete with the likes of Ruby and Barry and yourself off off, off levels, you know, and it got very difficult for him for a couple of years. He didn't he didn't ride many winners for a few seasons, and it's just to his credit that he stuck his head down and kept learning and kept getting better, and it came back, and now he's you know doing very well for himself. But a lot of lads, I think, in that position, they might have been lost to the game, you know. And I think that the system can create problems like that when you're putting sixteen year olds. That maybe they're not fully grown. They're not a lot of them might not be mentally mature enough for the success that comes with you know being a, being a bit of a hype jockey at that stage. You know I just don't know if we if we do enough to kind of protect the lads. There'll be exceptions like yourself, Jack Kennedy, what have you. But I'd say I wonder does the system kind of kind of lose a few good talented riders because it doesn't help them enough if you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I I I, I can't, what I can't really understand is maybe why the jumps claim is. So smaller and the, like the flat is what ninety two or ninety five winners and yeah, jumps is sixty sixty you know like why can't they add like maybe people give out saying they want you know but they get more opportunities if they the right ninety winners you know mm. they'll they'll learn more like you know you lose you lose your claim after sixty winners and then you don't have a job people are using you for a claim you're writing big winners big handicaps and then you know it's safe. There's a horse there at nine ten. He's three pound out of handicap. Well, they still use it. But if that three pound is gone, they're going to look for another three pound claimer. You know. Yeah, and you know, in the meantime, there's five or six lads probably every year coming off the pony racing circuit with loads of winners ridden, and they're seen as oh, look at them, they're claiming ten pounds and they've ridden a hundred pony winners. You know, yeah, that's exactly. the nature of the game. There's always going to be new, fashionable young lads coming on that haven't you know made mistakes in the public eye. And, and fellas will be mad to use them and you know, if it were me now and loads will disagree I've no doubt about it but I just think these lads it would do them good they, they mightn't think it in the short term but in the long term it might do them a little bit of good just, just to be slowed down a little bit yeah no definitely I think you know just slowed down and like looking back I think it was a big help to me even when I lost my claim Desi's I still made work full days seven days a week you know I was made work just because I was lost my claim didn't mean mm. I didn't have to just work mornings. I worked full days and things like, even little things like that. I know it's not on the track, but you're made work. You're not, like he didn't let me think I was a top jockey by no means, you know. He, he made me work and, you know, I think a lot, hard for a lot of people when they go off freelancing and, you know, they don't have to ride out every day of the week. Maybe they get lazy and I suppose a prime example of someone who wasn't like that is Danny Mullins because he's, like what he's done in the last two, three years is phenomenal. Like, mm. like he rides out, I know he drives out every day of the week like, and you know he works really really hard and this summer he's had and to be fair everyone says oh he's Willie's but he's only third jockey to Willie you know and he doesn't always get you know he's not going to have those good rides every day so he picks mm. up players and you know, if, you, if you work hard enough and show to trainers that you're willing to work and you're willing if you're able to ride well I think they might they probably would pick you up and give you the opportunities you know but it's just so tight nowadays where there's someone in every yard yeah. just want to have to work out bit harder and that's the thing like you were lucky I suppose to have someone to keep your grounded there but geez, I can only imagine I know 
I, I was never a professional sportsman but I know how immature I was at kind of 16 and 17 and I can only imagine a lad that maybe you know a lot of these lads have finished up after their junior cert and all of a sudden they're riding winners everybody wants to be their friend they're making a good few quid they can you know buy a nice car and at the end of the day they're still kids you know it must it, I, I could easily understand why fellas might would go the wrong way if put in that situation like not everyone is 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 tuned in enough to, to channel that in the right direction I presume yeah, I just think it's not easier. It's not easier to go the wrong way than the right way. Yeah, like you know, you can get your money. You're away from home. Yeah, your, like your parents might say, might agree that you buy a new car, but you go do it anyway. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think I just think to me, I was so lucky. I had Desi behind me and made me work. You know, and I remember I used to give out. I'd just be ringing dad there on the weekend, even during the summer where there'd be no racing, and a couple of lads could be going away somewhere, or going off for a weekend, and I'd have to stay around. And I used to give out like hell saying this is a joke you know, like, but then when I look back now how much it stood to me Yeah. now like I, you know I, I appreciate it more now than what I did when it was going on you know it definitely stood to me and I think that's just like anything it's like your parents being tough on you when you're young you think you'd be calling them every name under the sun at the time but you look back on it and you, you maybe see other fellas around you that, that had a bit more freedom and you know they went the wrong way for it you know I think it's yeah. the same situation really yeah um, there was a young fella at um, a young Irish fella at the at the Arsenal club and Liam Brady at um, sorry at Arsenal and Liam Brady is Arsenal academy director and he was talking about this this young fella um, and essentially the guy had the world at his feet Wenger knew who he was um, Brady thought an awful lot of him and he was he signed a huge contract and Cesc Fabregas was signed from Barcelona I think he was 16 at the time and he was put into the same team as this guy and was immediately promoted and the young Irish guy was so good he actually took offence to the fact that Fabregas got into the team ahead of him but the second he put his ATM card in the in the machine and looked at his bank balance he fell out of love with football there was so much money that, that was there he was able to buy a penthouse in London he was able to buy the expensive car and he didn't want to work for it anymore because it was just it was so much so quickly so soon too easy probably so talented exactly and and look there's obviously telephone numbers involved in, in Premier League soccer but I think what Brian's just said there is very very important if it is handed to you on a plate then you don't appreciate it well not even so much on a plate but if you're so talented that it doesn't feel like work to do it mm. that's yeah, annoying it just happens like yeah mm. yeah no it's um, especially the way I'm only 24, but I, I see things have changed a lot since I even I started. Right, you know, and it's not—it's only eight years, but still, I just see the game has changed a lot. Mm. I just think it's—it's—it's it's, it's more harder for young lads now not to go that way, you know, because there's so many things to do, or you know, you can buy your cars, you can do whatever young lads do nowadays, you know, and they kind of just go off and do it either anyway, you know. Mm. So obviously, if you have a proper grounding and you know, and you're made work for what you get, it'll definitely stand you in the long run, and that's my motto. Yeah, and sure, look, we won't name names, but geez, I, I know I could name a few lads that, um, not just in racing now, but in other sports, that, that I'd be familiar with, that they could have been this and they could have been that. The country's full of... Go on, know, name them. The country's full of what-if stories, Go on, do you know? It. For, yeah, no, it is, yeah. For that, for that reason, I fa- yeah. a lot of fellas just can't keep it together when things start going well. Yeah. But I mean, even a player like Marcus Rashford would have been talked about as being the next big superstar, even this summer when he was scoring for England. Can't get in the United team now. Can you imagine yeah, this? Did, 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 the Irish fella that left, uh, and then he Grealish, uh, Jack Grealish. He's a prime example. Yeah, fantastic example actually. 
And, and that's an example of someone he's who's been... He's <laughs> He might be. But, and if he is, it's an example of someone who's been surrounded by the wrong kind of person as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, again, he probably just had things happening. He had his money. And, you know, if he, if he, if he stuck with Ireland, he definitely would have got yeah. the Euros and he probably would have... Maybe he, he would have been on a different level. He would have played well, maybe, and he would have got first-team footballers. Now we don't get any footballers. And I understand, if you've got an agent in your ear saying, look, you can play for Ireland where, yeah, you can do very well, but if you play for England, your marketability is just so much higher and there's so much potential for promotion. But that's kind of sad in a way, really, that a young fellow who always played for Ireland the whole way through, might not have been born here, but that's what he did. He was with Ireland at every youth level and it becomes a commercial decision. Oh, you have much more marketability as an mm-hmm. England player than you ever will. What was that line that um, Dennis Wise had for Tony Cascarino? Uh, One English cap is worth 10 Irish caps. Mm. You know, it's just, that's, it's just, it's a bit sad. But anyway, it's an example of what goes on. You're talking about the horses that you're looking forward to and that are kind of, I, I guess, the flat boys say the horses that keep them warm over the winter. These are the horses that are motivating you on the treadmill and motivating you in physio. Um, Debt duties. Dead Judy is one of the horses that you were talking about, but we'll come to him. We have to be biased here on this show because th- there's no point in even claiming anymore this is an unbiased podcast. Don Poley. Oh, yeah. Don yeah. Poley, Brian Cooper. Like that comeback for Garrity at Down Royal, I don't know what the hell happened there, but in the Lexus, right back to his best. I, 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 I myself and Don Poley have a great odd relationship. He got on well. I did a little chat to him before the Gold Cup, and I chat before Down Royal. And- I even let a chat to him there before the the Lexus just to you know tip away there, but don't. Oh, I can imagine what you said to him before the Gold Cup. <laughs> Go away, you! Stay away! <laughs> don't don't take offence that I've chosen the other Don. I still love you, but please don't yeah. come near me. Um, you know, you talk about and Kevin was making this point about decisions. Like it's easy in hindsight now to look back at Don Cossack and and what a shame he's had to be retired. But because he's such a an impressive winner of the race, it looks an easy decision. That was a really difficult decision for you to make. And you got it right. That must have been not only the fact that you've just won one of the biggest prizes in racing, but the fact that you chose the right horse to be on uh, must have been a, a great sense of satisfaction for you. Uh, definitely. I just, you know, it was, it was probably the hardest decision. I, I, I'd love to have it, that decision to make again in my life, but at the minute, I, you know, I can't see that happening. It was just so hard. And, like, I genuinely didn't tell anyone. I had my mind made up after kind of Leopardstown, after the day he schooled. Don Cossack I kind of sat I kind of that's what made my mind up but I didn't want to say anything God, just in case something yeah. happened but like I generally didn't even tell my dad I didn't tell Gordon and anyone until the night before I made my decision the only thing like when I made my decision there was never any doubt you know, I didn't say you know sometimes if you do things and you say oh, why did I do that should I mm. do something else I never felt that I'd uh, done the made the wrong I felt I was, I was definitely made the right decision and thankfully I did and like the best day of my life by far you talk about Ruby Walsh making making tough decisions like he had that really humdinger of a decision who do you ride Faheen or Hurricane Fly and it was a tough one like he wasn't telling anybody like you're you're absolutely right like you are best to just keep these things to yourself because God forbid if one of them did step on a stone bruise you look foolish then if you've committed to one over the other Um, and then you have to switch back Uh, Don Cossack has retired and, and a long and happy retirement I'm sure he'll have but Don Poli is still around and it's a remarkable turnaround for him he's obviously there's the high profile split from Willie so he's gone to Gordon I presume that debut at Down Royal it's understandable that he would have been getting used to his new surroundings Down Royal might be a track that n- might not play to his strengths 
And since then, he's been taken off hunting uh, and being refreshed during that. I think he was going hunting during the week as well. Um, like, he's 33 to 1 for the Gold Cup, and he's a big prize for the Grand National. Like, are we idiots? Like, Kevin has tipped him up again for the Gold Cup, but he's back on the Gold Cup trend again. Like, is Kevin an absolute moron to be saying this horse has a chance of winning a Gold Cup, or is it just that sentimentality is in his eyes and he can't get, it, get away from it? I don't know. Like, if the ground came up stuff, you'd have to say, you'd have, you know, you'd have a chance. But, like, he, he was there last year, and he, was, he couldn't go, really. You know, he was off his feet. Whereas, I don't know, I just think if it did come up very soft, the garden has done a tremendous job of getting him back to where he was. Mm. You know, and he's definitely found it, got a tune, tune out of him, which is great, you know. And, like, I, I just, I think the ground would definitely have to come up soft for him to run very, very well. But, like, that clean tip crack looks, I don't know, a freak. Like, you know, it reminds me of Frank, but over jump, mm. you know, and I looked like it. Sam Hawley did run a cracker and the fact that there was so much improvement from Don Royal to um, Leopardstown you'd have to say there, well maybe there'll be more improvement onto the Hennessy you know and if he comes out and wins the Hennessy well then you'd have to say well he's a Gold Cup contender maybe and, and just in terms of the cheek pieces of Down Royal Brian do you think they could have had a negative influence like could you see Gordon trying them again at some stage do you think or, or would it be completely off the table well um, yeah maybe like Tried to leave everything off the nose band the whole off like as he did with Apple Shade that time. You know, he's a he's a character, don't get me wrong, Don Pauline. He has his ways, he's lazy and his gas, even when you're riding him, like you we go down to his fence and next thing his head just starts shaking out and over. We like the fence, the fence. His head is, I start, I'm not messing. I first few times riding him, about five strides where he just starts shaking his head like and you're like, There's a fence coming up first and you jump it. Like, is it like what? That. He doesn't want to jump it or what? No, he just he, he doesn't like kickback in his ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if he got a bit of kickback, he'd start shaking his head. And I said, asked Mikey Fogarty, I said, he'll tell you, because he did it with him, and he said, in the, when he won in Cheltenham on him. And, you know, just things like that. So maybe when he got, had the cheap piece gone, he didn't like him, and he told us, but I feel the ground was probably a bit quick from that day anyway, cause he didn't even jump the way he could. Like, the one thing he had, to be fair, was in his ass was the jumping. Yeah. You know, he could fire him. Anything and he'd come for you, whereas he was Barry was fired up and he was just going up in the air, so maybe he didn't want to let himself down the ground. And again, with the new surroundings, it took him a while to settle in. But like, I, I definitely have to be happy with how he ran in in, in that persona Christmas. And if he improved I guess, that much in that short space of time, well, you'd imagine he could improve a bit more, you know, because he has the, the ability is there, that's for sure. You know, he is a dual test winner at the end of the day. We should talk about the horse who actually won that race, Outlander, um, who's another horse who's improved quite a lot. I mean, he he does look a genuine Gold Cup horse for you this season as well. Yeah, I, I was shocked that he won now. I just couldn't understand how he could reverse the form of Jackson, being that it was his third run in Punchestown with Jackson's first run and Jackson beat him fair and square, you know, so I yeah. couldn't see where the improvement was going to come from. And I suppose... The way the race worked out, like I thought like, we're going to win everywhere, even though the last, like, same three strides, I jumped the last, it's gone. And he's very found more in a battle than I thought he would know, you know. He, got, he stuck it out well, and, you know, he was a good winner, so you'd have to think that he would be, on that on that evidence, he has to be a World Cup contender for sure, you know. And you talked about Thistlecrack, 
and kind of the analysis of Thistlecrack has been done to death and we're going to see him this weekend Kevin and myself will talk about him a little bit later on anyway but we'll see him in action uh, in another trial run this weekend but you faced him in the world hurdle last year on Alpha de Sobo and I remember the confidence in Mouse Morris's horse that day was absolutely extraordinary because like Thistlecrack has been seen as one of the bankers of the meeting last year and yet all of a sudden this huge confidence level started to come for Alpha de Sobo and there was one point where you uh, and him loomed up travelling very strongly and then in the blink of an eye, Thistlecrack was gone. Um, how good is he? Uh, he is very, very, very good. Um, he's just, he's got such class. He can travel with such ease. You know, um, I think he's got so much ability. You know, he's probably the best horse we've seen over jumps for quite a long time now, you know. And he just, he's got so much ability. Like, I couldn't believe, like, I was going so well down the hill in Cheltenham that year. And in the space of three strides, he had me off the bridle. He's gone. Yeah. Very in front of it. Upside down to last. There's no way I was going to be. And like the way he won, went around Kent. Uh, yeah, he throws in a couple of super jumps. He's a bit brave, but I think he's learning all the time. He is coming down in the air. He was, but he was having a lot of scope. He's, you know, he's coming down a bit now. And I think it'd be interesting to see him around Cheltenham going a proper gallop again if it, if it does happen to see what, what he's doing. Because Cheltenham is tricky, you know, and the fences are can be quite daunting. And uh, you know, you need to get into a good rhythm. So it'll be interesting to see where we are, but he definitely has a massive possibility. Would you have a concern about him in a big field? I don't know. It was a big field in the world hurdle last year and he's a bit keen in the front. Personally what I can be happening in Cheltenham is you know, jump out there he popping away and he'd probably take it up. What about that horse we talked about that you were second on in the World Hurdle last season, Alpha de Sobo? He's gone over fences. Um, so, to me, this horse is getting the typical Mouse Morris treatment in that he is going to be absolutely peaked like he was last year for the World Hurdle, only this time for the USA Chase. He bled last time out, but was that just a case of um, he was under the weather? Like, there's nothing to worry about that he is a bleeder regularly? It was just a one-off? Yeah, I, I, I'd be hoping so. Like, he never bled a day in his life and I couldn't believe it happened like happen where it is because it's going so well and I was winging fences and everything like that and all of a sudden jumped I went, I went two strides back to the fence and he was gone so clearly he was a bit under the weather and you know, there's no better man as you say to have him peak ready for the day and I think what most did with him the start of the year was quite good you know a couple of small smaller tracks a couple of good and he did, did a very similar route with first lieutenant yeah. and unfortunately I'm a second to tell him that mm. year but he ran into a very good horse but he find them very similar to 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 what he's doing with Alpha now and you know hopefully he does come back right after that first blood vessel if he does he has to have a massive chance hopefully Okay I'll throw another few names at you when I look at these horses on on paper I mean wow uh, Petit Mouchois who was bloody brilliant now you were of the view he was going to win the fighting fifth whether he would have or not kind of irrelevant he got the job done last time in, in the Reiner hurdle and in an open year where we're still not sure what's going to happen with Faheen and Annie Power, even though Willie was talking both of them up the other day, uh, if he was to replicate that form or even improve from it from Leopardstown, he'd be an exciting contender for you, Cheltenham. I uh, definitely, yeah. like I think he's is improving the whole time, and uh, he's, um, you know, I, I there's no doubt he would have won fight fifth 
I, 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 he definitely would have. I was, I was doing absolute half speed and I was up side hitting Cyclone. I was using him as a lead and he was what beating the length and a half. So, yeah. And our lad stays very well. That's one he does do. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Be interested. I said it will be a very interesting to see if Faheen does show up the weekend. If he doesn't, I think Arlan have a massive chance and Arlan has fitness on his side as well. And it'll be nice just to, if he does show up, it'll be interesting to see how close we can get to him. If we can beat him, we'll so be it. But just give us a general gauge of where what sort of champion Arlan RC is. You know, I think he's he's improving the whole time. Um, Henry's done a great job with him. And if he, you know, it'll be just interesting to see how the weekend goes. I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd like to see Faheen find out how good of a horse we have you know yeah. in the proven champion hurdle winner and no better gauge particularly given what Faheen did in the Irish champion hurdle last season but then again he was beaten on his season reappearance last year in the Moggiana can I put Apple's Jade to you like you gave this horse an absolute storming ride in the in the Hatton's Grace uh, particularly given the pressure that Gordon was under like he's detailed the abuse he got walking into the racetrack that day how dare you run this horse after eight days what do you think you're doing and, and then she goes and wins um, like th- the thing that really came to mind that day was not just class but was guts yeah she's tough I, I, I couldn't believe she got betting down Royal and then maybe I, that thing, I just have this thing about four year olds in my head that it takes you know it's hard for them at that early that stage in the year because they're still they're not getting any weight allowance. They're, yeah. they're still only four rows and they're still competing against the older horses, but off normal weight. And what she did is, is in Fairy um, House was unreal. You know, she showed the toughness and the guts that I thought she had all last year, like all year through last year. You know, I was okay. She didn't win the trying, but if she had another, you know, she, she had a few setbacks going there, and if she had a clear run, maybe she would have won. But what she did in the entry punch that was phenomenal, and I was so looking forward to her all winter long and just thankfully she's come back mm. to the ability that we thought she had now and no, I think she'll definitely appreciate the two mile five around Cheltenham So there's no question that she could be rerouted to the champion hurdle she's definitely going to go for the mares Well I, look I, you know as it's clear Jiggenstown aren't afraid to to um, clash their horses but when you have you know if Petit Mishore wins the weekend and you've won you'd probably go into second favourite for, for a champion hurdle maybe yeah. What's the point in not trying to win the mayor's race as well? You know? There's no point at all, Brian. No point at all. <laughs> I, I say, like, I, I have to say two winners and, and the two, and now they're one. Oh, absolutely! No, the, the, what I'm slagging for here is Ken, Kennedy has backed Apple's Jay for the champion hurdle, and he's he's got a big red head in here. <laughs> Kennedy, Kennedy. I think that Paddy Power had no or money back. Runner or something, is it? Is it like a justice payout? Is there some justice payout here? It's, it's when you go back in after she's been beaten and she's gone out to 33s and you've gone back in again and then she goes and beats Room for Mag and you start thinking, oh yes! And then you realise, nah, nah. But yeah. <clears throat> Gordon's changed his mind once or twice already, perhaps again, but like she'd, this is the amazing thing about it is she could actually end up taking on any power there, but. Um, I mean, irrespective of who she faces, the step up and trip has suited her. And and possibly the big thing with her is not only the step up and trip, but just a better spring filly. Yeah, definitely. And as we said, she'll be, well, she'll be five and she's five now. So she's, yeah. you know, she's got that age back where, where she's had the chance to improve. And I think it's probably good that she didn't run after the Hatton's Grace now again. And maybe she'll have one more run. And then go to Cheltenham, and you know they. But I just, she's definitely, she's open. She has to be open to improvement because she's, you know, what she's done so far in her career, and she's already turned to five. She has to keep improving. 
Well, it's interesting because Gordon has pinpointed a mayor's race at Punchestown for Apple's Jade, and that's also the race that Willie is talking about mm-hmm. for any power. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll yeah. go and I'll go a million to one they meet there. Yeah, someone will have I'd, to pull. I'd say it'll be Limony who goes there instead. <laughs> so what day is that next weekend? Uh, it's a weekday, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. I can't remember. Is it? Wasn't it? It's a Wednesday because that was the day that Fahim was ruled out last year. Ah, that's and then right. Yeah, made same a, day. Made a reappearance yeah. that day. Yeah, it'll be Limony instead. But I tell you one thing: if it is Apple's Jade, any power, what a midweek treat on <laughs> at the races. Um, Identity Thieves back at the weekend. Oh. Yeah. Um, look, I was very disappointed with what happened. It was just thankfully, you know, he, thankfully wasn't nothing too serious. You know, at the time I thought we were in big trouble, and. I, that's why I pulled him up so quickly and mm. thankfully I think it was just a muscle tweak and I'd like to see a bit of rain okay just to give him I think the ground was a little quick from uh, Stephen's day maybe he didn't let himself down you know I wasn't I wasn't happy before what happened before he went lame I wasn't mm-hmm. comfortable I was surprised I, di- I didn't jump as well as as he can and we know he like the exit the ride I got off and punched down before that was phenomenal the jump he put in he didn't do that or that was down. Min just had him on his head that little bit so you know, a little bit of rain might be no harm for him, but um, look, he's t- he's a horse with a massive engine again, and if he co- if he comes back to his his, his beginner chase run and his punch time when he has to, you know, have a massive chance because he's a horse with a lot of respect for him. Gotta talk about cat among the pigeons if he goes and beats Min. Oof. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what guaranteed happening. You know, <laughs> <laughs> We might, we might be back on yet, lads. The, the <laughs> social media will absolutely explode if you go. If, if well, it won't be you, but if you're at the stands, like we're going to be in Leopardstown on Sunday. If Identity Thief chins Min on Sunday, like Twitter will explode. Should be not new there to me anyway. I tell you, Brian, that's something we didn't touch on earlier. But there's been a lot of talk in the last week or so about jockeys getting abuse on Twitter and the likes. How bad is it? I can only imagine you get a fair bit. It's as bad. And I I'm not even riding the last three weeks, and I'm getting more abuse than I was. Genie, that's nice. And are, are you a blocker? No, I just don't. I don't. To be honest, I don't read it. I I did do the day for the crack. Sitting at home, I was bored and just watching <laughs> some things they're writing to me. Like I was like, why do you bother? Like why write? Why don't you just write a I don't know, write a letter or something? <laughs> just, I laugh. Look, it doesn't. It's wrong, you know. And some things they do say. You know, you'd wonder how can someone, what type of person can say that to someone, you know, for just losing a few quid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Something seriously wrong with people these days. And it is getting a lot worse. Well, the problem is that it's the... It's just it, easy. Well, it's it, easy. It's easy. But if you just go back 10 years and put yourself in a situation where you're standing in a bar and you're watching a race and a horse loses and someone starts shouting vile abuse at the television, now you've given that person the tool to be able to go in direct contact with the jockey. Yeah. I got a bottle thrown at me coming up the straight in Galway this year. I remember Rolls Rich just pulled, pulled up. Yeah. I back up the straight. The next thing I was bothering or whatever it was, came flying for me. Jesus. Just roaring at me. And did he that's properly that's throw it at you or just throw it at you to I come near you? I missed, like, I don't, and that's God's honest truth. I said to the lad, I said to George, and I came back in, like, what happened? Jesus. Down towards the bottom. I couldn't believe it. Like. That could have done serious damage to you Jeez. and the horse. I know, yeah. That's what like a the s- fellow who threw a brick at George Duffield one day during a race. What a scumbag. Um, no, but it's, it is. I think it is getting worse, and you know, social media. It's, it's, people are, you know, like when someone puts up a ride or someone gives a horse a good ride. Yeah, it's great. The jockey's done it, but maybe for the horse, you know, and 
give that a great ride but maybe the second or third lad you'd probably if you read it I'd say you'd see more lads giving out about the second and third and praising mm. that winner you know and it's just it's the way it is gone now and unfortunately it's a shame but I yeah, just no, nobody wants to be accountable really when they get it when they get it wrong you know that's what a lot of it is they need to blame someone 100% it's not you know it's not my fault the jockey gave it a shot the trainer fault. didn't have it fit yeah. it's not my fault that jockey's yeah. always making mistakes that trainer couldn't grow Ivy up couldn't train Ivy to go up a wall like it's it's always somebody else's fault as opposed to the puncher's fault because yeah, it's easy yeah, to yeah, and, and we've winner. we've talked recently about um, the mentality of, of betting and and the psychology that goes into that. And Kevin and Johnny and Tony have been particularly talking about how there have been certain bookmakers who really don't want punters to learn because they don't want them to become winners. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that it's hard to admit that you're wrong. It's hard to admit that you've made a mistake and that you go off and try and, and better yourself and learn. And also, you can spend an awful lot of time learning about the game and still be wrong, Brian. Like we're always like JP McManus says very little about racing and betting, but one of his quotes was, "The day you think you've got betting licked is the day it'll slap you in the face." Mm. Yeah, and, that's and a prime example because he's probably a genius. Oh yeah, well, absolutely, well, and a great mentality. Is the last to be right to you there? Like, oh, he did that. I finished. Say, I finished second in the Gold Cup, and someone started abusing me. Say, I did that on purpose. Yeah, I, I finished second mm. there. It cost myself what thirty grand. I get thirty grand away there. Yeah, whatever it is, ten percent. Yeah. Just for the sake, for like for the crack. Yeah. yeah. But the know, biggest biggest know. race of the year, you deliberately are going to finish second. Um, Kate Tracy, do you know Kate? No. Uh, she wrote that beautiful article in the Racing Post. Oh, I uh, read it actually. Yeah. yeah Kieran Gethings yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and fair play to the RP for printing it and putting it on the front page as well. But she wrote that so eloquently as well. Tom Scudamore the next day was saying he was highlighting the fact that somebody told him he wanted to kill him. Um, and and did say that I don't think we should be as precious, but like it's it's a very very delicate thing. Like it's a very I I don't even want to get into the mind of these people because I I don't want to know how those people's mind works. That's just unhappiness, really, it isn't it? Really, yeah. is. Sen- essentially, it's just uh, just the way I look. Like ninety nine percent of them are them morons who are outside the whole office getting their money and they're going in and they're putting it all on our system. And then there's no money. Yeah, the, the gas thing is though, a lot of those people, they wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. That they're just a bit, they're unhappy or they're just a bit mentally weak and they don't want to be accountable. And, you know, it's not just racing or anything. It's, 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 it's applicable to life. Like there's a lot of fellas that just don't want to put their hands up and say, hey, I made a mistake there. Learn from it, move on. They'd rather point the finger everywhere yeah. rather than, you know, trying to take some benefit from it, taking responsibility and moving on. You know, I think it's it's just everywhere, and and social media just gives these guys an outlet to to express their own self frustration, I suppose. But it's not just it's not just horse racing. I mean, imagine the amount of uh, soccer players, NFL oh, players, Jesus. hurlers who are amateurs, and they're getting abused because they miss a free. Like they're not intentionally doing that. No, definitely not hurlers, footballers, Exactly. You know, they're they're not you're not going to intentionally miss a free, but. We're human and we make mistakes. I make mistakes. Kevin makes mistakes. Brian, occasionally, very, very rarely, you will make a mistake. Like nobody is perfect. And and when we get it wrong, you just you have to hold your hands up, whether it's you've placed a bet or you've ridden a horse you've timed a, a race wrongly, uh, or you've placed the wrong bet. You just have to go balls and move on. Yeah, it's, 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 I think replying to them is worse than giving them. 
you know, I wouldn't give him the satisfaction that I can order to actually mm. get me. Yeah, and the other thing is as well, there's a quote from George Clooney, if you don't like social media, get off it. Well, yeah. George Clooney's what, 60? Yeah, it's very hard for the younger people to get off because they're... Yeah, why, why should you? If you're in your late teens or if you're in your 20s, 30s... By the way, there are plenty of people who are in their 60s and, and later who are fantastic contributors in social media. Why should you be made to be forced off it? By the way, if you did leave it, that's only benefiting the person who's forced you off. Well, you've, you've, you've let them win. Yeah. yeah. you let them win, you know. I just wouldn't... I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of replying to them or, you know, even when you block them, you're still... You're still they know they're, they're blocked. Yeah, and, yeah. And you're getting, there's that little bit of thing, well... That he's known. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is there is the real power play you can move, Brian. You know, I was told, I, I'm not saying any names, but I'm completely thing. it was a big high-profile GA game and a couple of seconds left to go and this guy was taking the free and this other guy was roaring at him. Oh, I was, this lad was with your missus, the other lad was with your missus. <laughs> the, the guy that was taking the free actually looked over at him just before he kicked his and missed. Mm. So that was, it hit him, you know. Yeah, guy, but just thinking, no, I know that's totally different. But when you react, the other person I think knows. Well, that did hit him, and yeah. then you know I got inside him, and that's what they want. So, and that's like that's an old school example. That still happens, by the way. Uh, Connor Cusack is uh, a former Cork GA goalkeeper in hurling, and he he was openly gay, and he talked about how one of his own supporters would sit behind the goal at away games and roar abuse at him. Mm. Yeah. Why? What is wrong with that person? Uh, some people are just a very, they have a skewed outlook on things. Yeah. Well, it's going back to what we were talking about earlier on, I suppose, and the way people are brought up and the way they're, you know, the younger person is brought up or the way they take things for granted and then there's just have no respect for people, basically, you know? Yeah. Mm. No, there's a lot to be said about, um, about appreciation. And it's hard to know what to do with social media, you know, because, you know, you can't go kicking fellas off willy-nilly either you know you, it's hard to know because look social media can do is 95% of the time is brilliant 100% you know and and 95% of my own experience probably 99% is great it's positive well, it, or it's constructive criticism well your career accelerated because of social oh, media oh you've done huge things for me this Massive podcast things. accelerated because of social media and because of people very kindly sharing their affection for the show and telling people have you listened to this have you listened to that yeah, it's a, yeah it can I, be I, a huge I, benefit Bell made the point on the show a while back and we've kind of gone off topic here for a second but it's worth it's worth um, deviating because this is an important subject he was making the point that he would love to see young jockeys and there's so much we're actually talking about this yesterday there's so much technology now between Periscope Snapchat um, Facebook Live like the opportunity for and he would love to see a young jockey and he thinks eventually it'll happen and I think Kevin you were saying as well that it takes the right kind of personality to do it but that if you're in the weighing room now I don't know Brian if this is something that would have any interest for you whatsoever but similar to Nicky Henderson tweeting directly about Altior's definitely not going to go for the Clarence House chase he's going for the Game Spirit chase instead that's that well imagine if that's a video of Barry Garrity saying so I've got three rides this week um, a fancy one in the novice hurdle thinks it's working well uh Phil Smith's done us no favours in the handicap chase but we've got no choice we have to go there and in the graded hurdle yeah I'm pretty confident um, hope it all goes well now 
maybe you don't learn a whole lot from it, but younger race fans and people who use social media get to get to know the jockey that little bit more. Maybe they can do question and answer sessions as well. But the problem, of course, is that the fear for them is that the second they start doing that, hurricane of abuse. Yeah, yeah. Like if they get beat, they're just going to be clouded with. Yeah. And I even see with the, I blog for 32 Red or I do a column for the mirror as well. Yeah. You know, if I say, well, this, I, whatever, identity thief has a chance on whatever day it is and he doesn't win, well then someone's going to say, well, you know, he tipped him up, he's a use of tips or this and that, but I'm not a tipster, I can just give my opinion on yeah. that. And just people don't quite understand that. That's just their mentality. Mm. Like the thing about social media for a sportsman is that there's such potential there as well. Like, and I know it's an extreme example, but you look at the likes of Conor McGregor and what he's done on social media, and you can you see even like I'm not on Instagram now, but you come across these 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 women will say they're in physically very good shape and they make a living by just putting pictures up of themselves in the gym and what have you, mm-hmm. and they're, they're literally millionaires. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of potential marketability there for sports people as well. And even, Brian, for the likes of you that's doing um, a blog and ha- has has newspaper columns, you know, social media is a great means to, to spread these things as well. And, you know, it can all help, it can all improve. It, there's all earning potential to it. But like you say, that's the that's the bright side of things. But there's definitely, definitely a dark side there as well. Jenna Marbles, the YouTube uh, channel. She's made millions. There's loads of people doing it. It's sitting, unbelievable. Just giving her opinions on things. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, right, on, on a more happy and brighter note, Brian Cooper, um, a couple of other horses to throw at you before we, we head off. Empire of Dirt's had fantastic improvement. Uh, winner of the Cheltenham Festival last season, bolted up. Gordon Elliott's winning all of these big handicap chases, by the way. This has continued to the weekend. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's sensational. Um, Irish Gold Cup next and then Cheltenham? Yeah, I, 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 I think that's the plan anyway. Um, I think and I'd imagine Cheltenham then, you know, um, well, I suppose it'll depend with where he finishes in the Irish Gold Cup on whether he'd go to Cheltenham then, you know. Yeah. But um, I don't like, he could go for a Ryanair maybe, or he could go for a Gold Cup, you know, he doesn't have to go to run over three miles because he won over two miles five at the fest, but he's not slow by no means. Yeah, the Ryanair yeah. course and distance was the handicap win last season, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. 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 If we so, told you this time last year he was going to be running the grade one races in a, in a year's time, would you have thought we were mad? Not really. Like he always had the ability, but it's just jumping. Was, mm. you know, he was a good, no- he was a good novice hurdler, and probably was around over time a very good novice chasers. You know, and just took a while to get his jumping together. And once he got to hang it that, like I, I, I didn't go out and tell him that day. Like I was just nothing was going. Well, not then. I'm going right. I just nothing was. They're all running as good as they could do. You know, and I didn't fancy him to run well. Like I, I rode him to be placed. Thankfully. We found out that was the first time we ever rode him like that in Cheltenham. Just mm. drop him out and get him settled, get him jumping. And I suppose it was just, it, it worked out that day anyway. And he's definitely on the arc. But he's, he's bred to be a very good horse, you know, and again, you can't be free. Yeah, mm. absolute but, fact. Yeah, he cost an absolute fortune, didn't he, as a store horse? Well, at this, well he was the dear store horse in a red, at one point. But I don't know, I don't think he still is, but like, he's 340,000, I think. Mm. No, he, lo- yeah. he looks all right now. Yeah, like he bolted up in in the in the like, half of that day. So, Troy Town, um, wasn't it? Troy yeah. Uh, two that we haven't seen this season: Lucky Pass and Blow by Blow. What's the latest? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I said I've been out with gardens for since Christmas. I, I actually haven't been out with gardens since just before Christmas. Next on Christmas Festival, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, 
were two very smart horses last year and you know great to go and get them and whenever they do make their reappearance it'll be exciting to see them you know because they're if you look and see what that duty has done this year, we'll blow by blow beat him in fair. Yeah. So um, he, he obviously um, has a lot of ability, you know, so it'll be interesting to see when he comes out. He's a real big chaser to look at anyway, you know, a big, massive horse. Tatting him a couple of times in the gardens when he, when he first came, so um, he's definitely one to look forward to. And lucky pass? Um, yeah, the same, like he was a good bump horse. And again, I, I, I sat in him when he first came from Willie's, but obviously he's a couple of step backs. So I'm not sure the plan with him. So um, I said, I'm actually going on going to his garden tomorrow morning, actually, just for the morning. Give me oh, we should have rung you tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> <know>, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been incredibly kind with your time. I'm just going to I'm, I'm gonna do this on request of Kevin Blake, because Kevin loves the Lucky 57. Okay. <laughs> <Bloody> hell. <laughs> I can't. So, don't, lucky 15, don't, don't drop me in it. Lucky 31, Lucky 63. <laughs> he, still, he still doesn't know. So I'm going to ask you for, they don't necessarily have to be for Cheltenham. But for five horses, for the final Furlong podcast listeners to look forward to, whether they're future horses or whether they're going to be making his, getting us on the gravy boat at Cheltenham this year. Five. That's reasonable. I suppose we, we, we have to mention Dan Pauly because he's improved so much. Oh, good, man. Yeah, see. good man! You see? We're <laughs> <laughs> um, interested. It'll be, you know, be nice to see how he fares out if you're in the, in the Hennessy. You know, if he's improved that bit more. Mm. Um, uh, what about the national, Brian? Do you do you think he'd take to it? Oh no, jumping wise, yeah. Um, like, but again, he'd, he'd want to knees around because they go very quick over for shoot fence. He would want to get him on his head. Mm. So, um, got to be a fun horse to ride around there. It's a big time. Uh, if he got, you know, if the ground came, if it was like last year's race, right, the ground nice and soft, and he got into a rhythm there, I'd say you'd have some ride around there. Definitely. Oh, fun and games. Okay, so Don Pauly is number one. Number two. Giggins down bumper horses, nah. <laughs> but I suppose a horse that won well enough in um, one bike worldwide. He looks to be a lovely chaser for the future. Um, he won a couple of bumpers. I imagine he'll go. Um, and go for a bumper somewhere. That's probably not good to you. Um, What's his name yeah. again? Mumbai Worldwide. Mumbai Worldwide. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Be like running no, no, literally, just you've got three more left. So five, three, three that that interest you going forward. If they can be for Cheltenham, terrific. But if they're the ones that are keeping Brian Cooper motivated when he's on the treadmill, then that's what we want to hear about. Well, here's one, Brian, because nobody's talking about this race at all. Is there anything there in the the Gigginstown Silks that could shape up into a horse for the four miler? They don't care about the formula. I know you don't care, but it's our novices this year, like Alfred's gonna go. I feel won't go first. Prince of Scars. He'd he want his he probably would want a bit of ease, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd want a bit of an ease, but he will the four mile would suit him now, to be fair. Um do you know what I'd say who could run in it? And you might laugh at me, Tiger Roll. <laughs> hey! <laughs> my old pal <laughs> champion hurdle the moral winner of the champion hurdle Tiger Roll well he, he, like, he, I, I'd imagine that would be the plan because he's an obvious like so yeah um, and he stays now we know yeah and he stays and he likes Cheltenham he likes, likes Cheltenham he likes good ground so I'd say that could be the plan for him now that's a that's an interesting one that's a very interesting one alright one more I like to I didn't even this is JP horse but I like to 
see that all cause of cause ends up in the cross country next weekend. That could be very interesting. Yeah, that now I didn't even notice the fact that more of that was entered in the cross country race because what what I was drawn to straight away was cause of causes. Yeah, he could be an interesting one. Very. He usually, he usually comes right this time of year, doesn't he? Mm. I don't think they'll get him down enough in the handicap to run the Kim Muir again. No. I think he's he's not qualified at the moment. He'd, he'd need to drop a few pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Phil Smith will drop him. No, I, I, after, <laughs> after what he did last year anyway. <laughs> Fooled me yeah, once. He, he, that just caught my eye today, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and he's staying with Gordon because obviously cross-country, now obviously Silver Birch was rejuvenated in the cross-country races, but the second you see uh, JP McManus or Central in the cross-country, you immediately think Enda. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, it's what Gordon did well. It was what last year. Bless the wings, you know. He was yeah. Bench. So, I... I, I I wouldn't see why they'd leave him with him. You know, Gordon is two fine banks there that he can jump up and down all day in the yeah. yard. Get me used to them. So, and probably one more. Yeah, well, I'd imagine no matter what he runs in in Cheltenham, Aintree would be the, the big game for cause oh, of causes. I hope, I hope so. He would be, aside from Don Poley, he'd be my second Grand National. Mm, he'd get in this year, I'd say. Mm, yeah, you should. Yeah, mm. you should do. Uh, probably one more. One more. By the way, Tiger Roll is 25 to 1 for the four miler. There you go. <laughs> you mean he was 25 gone for the four miler? <laughs> What's that two miles five now with handicap? Oh, the, f- the burn group. Diamond King, no. Oh. He's after getting the mark of 150 today, I think. What? Was that for, was that over hurdles, maybe? So no. I saw someone tweet that he got a mark of 150 today. It must his, be Chase's. Oh, it, let me see. Chases. Bear with me here. Ah, for goodness sakes. No, they, might, they might have entered him in the, the Bedford hurdle. Oh yeah, okay. Um, because they're complaining, we're all complaining about um, Mega Fortunes, Mark. Ridiculous, today. Mark. What's he got? One forty-six. Ah, yeah. Here we are. He, he's, he's entered in the time form handicap chase on whenever it is Saturday, and he's got top weight off one fifty. Okay. Ah, sure. For goodness' sake. Like. You know, I'm gonna throw into good old Pat Kelly Maldini. Yeah, I, I'm. I'd love to see him now in one of the in one of the longer distance handicaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He jumps very well. He acts around Cheltenham, and I just have a funny feeling they're training him for Cheltenham. Yeah, I, I think the same as well now. Somebody tweeted us actually over the weekend saying he's getting the exact same prep as Cheltenham last year. Mm. Yeah, and Pat Kelly is a big trainer, but he's a very very shrewd man. Yeah, yeah, yeah big time. So there's that's not one of you. Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you're back on the track soon and I hope you manage to stay fit and have a fantastic Cheltenham because there's so much for you to look forward to there and um, you need a bit of luck now. I know you've you've had a good run since that awful injury in 2014, but you need a good clear run and you deserve a good clear run. Uh, and I, I'm sure that I speak for all of our listeners. Well, there could be some trolls, um, but, but, for the mo- but for the most part, uh, I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say thank you so much for giving us your time and the very best of luck to you for Cheltenham and uh, and for the rest of the National season going forward. No worries at all. It was a pleasure. It was enjoyable. Thanks, lads. And if you don't write three or four winners, we'll abuse the shite out of you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't read it, lads. I don't like it. I, I prefer the abuse now than the praise. <laughs> <laughs> well challenge has been laid down to the listeners now uh, Brian all the best for the rest of the season cheers thanks, thanks. cheers Brian have you downloaded the free app the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting with Bet365 Coral Labrooks and William Hill it's the app that no racing fans phone should be without
Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details. Thank you, Gina, and we'll see you at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, fantastic guy, Brian Cooper, and he was in great form there too. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I hope really you, good. I hope you enjoyed it too. And uh, looking forward to seeing him back in action as well. We talked about everything there. I think that's nice, though. I think, I think it's good to widen the scope of these things a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I think it's also great to be able to get a jockey to open up like that and, and give those views and express them freely. He says about a horse who's in training at the art, but he doesn't ride free expression. But it is important. <laughs> nice link there, if I don't mind saying so myself. Um, but it is, it's great to be able to get him to, to talk about that and that he's so willing to, to open up that way. And, I mean, that's one of the things that, that Ollie's been talking about. And that's one of the good things about jockeys like Brian Cooper is if we can get to know them better, it just so helps the sport. So uh, a good guy to give us that much time. And... Um, Hopefully, some useful information for the ATR tracker with view to going forward as well. Right, let's talk about York Hill, who I absolutely love and is the subject of attention for your blog this weekend. Um, there was also a fantastic tweet uh, composed by uh, a time expert uh, on social media. I want to give it Stop Watch Racing, is the Twitter account. Um, he goes into a detailed analysis of. Uh, York Hill's performance he clarifies it by saying or he starts off by saying he's not the biggest fan of the horse but he was seriously impressed by what he did at the weekend because as were you because he did it so easily and was eased up to win but the time he clocked was actually quite impressive particularly in comparison to a Toy Phil's win Um, most of the reaction afterwards Kevin was his head carriage how he carries it out to the right the fact that he jumps out to the left and when a horse is such a short price favourite for a novice chase at Cheltenham, you do want to poke holes in them. Um, and yes, he does all of those things. But I think this horse is an absolute machine. Well, it's one of those. I think the more you look at this and the more closely you examine it, the more impressed you'll generally be. Mm. Uh, because I, I was at my local point-to-point on Sunday. I was watching this race live on a, on a very small screen there with, with a friend of the podcast, Patrick Mulcahy, actually. They had the they were betting on the away meeting, as it were. and they on, had Patrick. And they had the, the, little, the little monitor there. And, of course, there was a million people. The whole of the point-to-point were hunched around the screen trying hunched to watch it. Hunched around the little iPad screen. A uh, little bit better than that, but not much better. <laughs> and watching it first time, I was like, oh, God, you know, I was hoping for a little bit better there. But then I went home and I watched it and I watched it again. And the more I watched it, the more impressed I was because you have to put the individual performance in the overall context of York Hill because York Hill has never been really a super impressive horse. He he does a lot wrong. Like last year in in his novice hurdles last season, he wasn't a particularly good jumper of a hurdle at all. You know, and he did go left. It, was, it wasn't it was always super pronounced, but if you go back and watch all his runs one after another, you'll see it every single time. And it gets worse when he's in front. And he also is a horrific idler. Yeah. Like, I watched the, the Neptune Novices Hurdle for the first time in, in a quite a while. What a piece of expert horsemanship from Ruby Walsh. Oh, he just rode him, rode him full of balls and, and it worked out. But you watch it again. And I remember at the time, you know, people were making the case off Janwert had had more of a run of the race. He would have made a race of it. Nah. York Hill has absolutely won pulling a train. The race is over before the last. Yep. And he's jumped the last and not he's not doing a tap. He has mm. bolted up. And it's the same at Aintree. Like, yeah, and he gave Townend a nightmare at Aintree. Yeah, because he is a hard horse to ride because he, he pulls hard and um, he doesn't want to be in front early. So that's a, that's a tricky mix. He's the kind of fellow, if he was a human, he's not getting in a nightclub after 12 o'clock at night. 
No, he has his own way of doing things. Um, but look, the keys for me, the key. Sorry, lad, not tonight. <laughs> and then he starts a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the the key things for me when you watch it again you know a lot with regard to his jumping I suppose we'll deal with first a lot of people focused on him going left of course it happened he did it mm. it got worse when he was in front no doubt in my mind about that but if you what if you forget about the going left for a minute he actually is quite a fluent jumper of offence he was he was a little bit too brave at one and he got in a little bit close to the last but mm. other than that his technique was actually good yes he was fundamentally going to the left a bit. That's not something that really bothers me considering his main his main days are going to be going left. Um, and the freeness, that's there again. You know, he ultimately he pulled, pulled and jumped his way to the front. You know, that's not ideal for a horse that I think fundamentally lacks concentration when he's in front. And I think that's as much as anything. And I was saying it all last season, I'm almost sure, that I, you know, I wanted him to go for the Supreme. I thought he was a two-miler all along. He quite clearly has the stamina to win over a mile and a half, uh, two and two and a half miles, two mile five, but I fundamentally think that I'm after saying fundamentally about five times, aren't I? <laughs> um, that his natural cruising speed is more like that he would encounter a two miles than two and a half miles. He just has the class to get away with it. I'd love to see him in the Arkle. Okay, it's not going to happen unless Min is beaten or gets injured. Yeah, if something happens to Min, fair enough. But it's interesting. You can look at two interviews. You can look at the one that. Graham did with us and the one that he did shortly afterwards with Ed Chamberlain for the opening show on ITV and like that was a fascinating interview but he basically said all options were open to him like he mentioned every single race bar of the four miler mm. um, uh, as a potential target for him but on this show he said look York Hill won the Neptune last season Willie's got Min um, and I see this horse as a Gold Cup horse in the future so the JLT is <laughs> ideal can't have him as a Gold Cup horse you couldn't have him as a good couple. Personally, no. But look, I Hisselcrack is one that has shown that you can be that type of horse mm-hmm. and stretch out. He is York Hill is is a not dissimilar type of horse. He races more freely than you'd ideally like, and maybe he's a little bit he's a little. He has more of a cut of his fences than you'd ideally like for a staying chaser. You look at York Hill's pedigree; it's dripping with stamina. Yeah, full of stamina. He'd stay a Gold Cup trip on his on his head. He's also looking at his page. He's but also possibly just one of these quirky presentings. I don't know. I I I've heard people say that's never been a thing for me. I've seen a lot of presentings over the years, and that's never something that struck me. But like I say. I would be happy with him at two miles, but he's fine at two and a half. In a good two and a half mile race where there's something good enough to lead him for a, for a large proportion of the race, he'll be just fine. He's without question the one to beat in the JLT. Mm-hmm. I would very much be with him. Do I want to be with him as it, to the extent where I'm crying out to back him at the type of price he is? No, not at this stage, certainly. If he's that type of price on, on the Wednesday morning or whatever day they're on the JLT Thursday, Thursday, God almighty. Um, then that might be a different story, but with, we all know what can happen with these willy horses between now and Cheltenham. Yeah. So sit on your hands just for now. But it, the poll I did after the race was interesting, I thought. I, I, I Satisfactory. Yeah, that sat out of the four options, satisfactory mm. got, I think, 60-odd percent and impressive only got 10%. I was one of the 10%. Yeah, well, I didn't vote in it, but I I would have been, I would have said impressive, and mm. um, not hugely surprising. But I think the more if, like I say, if you looked at it and you weren't super impressed, I'd advise look at it again and maybe look at it a third time 
in the context that this is a bit of a Larry a Larry Fecker and he doesn't necessarily do things right I think he did an awful lot right by his standards just things didn't go right for him mm. nothing was good enough to give him a lead he got left in front and he's bone idle on the run in uh, which is a real feature of, of, of his whole career I have a sneaky feeling that Bouvedere is going to go for the Oracle mm. because he's now in the ownership of JP McManus and um well, basically, I've been told he's going to go for the Oracle, so I'm going to go with what I've been told. Um, uh, from a pretty good connection in Cork, who would have... It's not hard to put the two dots together there. How, who in Nicky Henderson's yard would be connected to Cork? Gee, I wonder. Um, How impressed were you with him the first day? Uh, with Bouvedere? Yeah, sorry, well, two days now. Uh, I was impressed with him last time out. Mm. And I would rather see him at a two-mile trip. Now, that being said, I wouldn't back him for the Oracle. Yeah. I'd be back in... You know, well, you know who I'm backing for the arc. Yeah, yeah. For me, over there was fine, just fine. Anybody who had the <laughs> Kevin Blake bingo, there you go. There's the first one in. Fine, um, fine. The point I'm making here is there's not really a whole lot there, is there? Like whispers in which now in the JLT, in the JLT, like whispers mm. not getting any younger. Calling Island has a little bit to prove. Politolog was beaten at the weekend. I know he's given away an awful lot of weight. <sighs> what is he is he 6 to 4 is the general price I think he can get 7 to 4 if he can get on I could see him going off a lot shorter than that on the day yeah but you know we've we a fair bit of uh, water to go under the bridge yet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we you do, know, yeah. and you just don't like Willie's talking the champion entire, hurdle the entire <laughs> now what's all this about by the way I don't read too much into this lads it's my advice just my opinion uh, this is nonsense I, I spoke to Willie at the start of the season doing the stable tour for ATR and the first thing he mentioned for York Hill was champion hurdle and yeah. I think this is something he's had in his head and Willie you know anyone that's listened a lot to Willie over the years will know that he's he can think out loud quite a bit mm. and I, I've no doubt he believes York Hill could be a champion hurdle horse but that does not for one second mean that he's going to end up running in a champion hurdle certainly not this season but the horse is bolted now like once they committed to going over fences and he won that was it it would be unprecedented to, to switch a horse but well our listeners are very informed. If anyone can quote me an example of a horse that went chasing, it didn't work out, and they went back and competed in a champion hurdle, I can't recall. Well, Maybe it, it has no, happened. No, I can understand why, if you've got, like, look, look at Big Bucks, for example, who just, for, for whatever reason, for all his talent, it didn't suit him over fences. Ah, that's the they stairs, that's back that's to hurdles. Stairs hurdle. But he went on and won. Um, won Ch- champion hurdle is different. Won four of them. The point is, York Hill has done nothing wrong over fences to suggest that Cheltenham is not a realistic game for him. Why would you blow your novice status? You're giving up your novice season. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't see it happen. It wasn't Faheen like pretty much the only horse ever from a point-to-point background to win a champion hurdle? I think so. Pretty well, much. Well, isn't he, he the he only wasn't. horse to have won a three-mile novice hurdle and then won a champion? I think that, well, that as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't see. And look, I just don't think he jumped. He, he, his jumping would want to have improved some amount from what he was doing over hurdles last year because he was a he was a messy jumper last season, yeah. clumsy. What else do you want to talk about from the weekend? Because for me, that was the, the big highlight. I suppose we've got to talk about, and we just had Brian on the show, um, but last season, we were t- last week, last season, how far is, how far have we gone in time, Marty? Uh, last week, we were talking Marty. about just how good uh, a jockey Jack Kennedy is, and he gave a 12 full some ride. Yeah, the horse isn't the easiest, I'd say. Mm, well, he, there's a cork bag. We've, we've described him as a cork bag before, I'm pretty sure. Um, I... I'd say he was fairly flat out all the way mm-hmm. and he got there fair play to him uh, fair performance of 143 only his fifth run over fences be interesting to see where they go now still has his novice status obviously um, he could he could run in the JLT 
Yeah, this is a horse who was pitched into Grade One Company over Christmas in novice chases, and obviously it didn't quite work out. But fill his trousers would be the expression one might use. Yeah, but it just goes to show you that when you take them out of that scenario and put them into a competitive handicap, um, they're Scarce, well, you think they're it, well capable. But Scass, you'd, you'd think like an eighteen runner Leopardstown Chase would be a far more intimidating prospect to an inexperienced horse than a than a you know eight or ten runner Grade One. But I guess it's the potential that they have I don't know it's it's. I mean we could get into horse psychology here can we get the horse psychologist on the air Deirdre can we get him on the air again um, the other no, one he's, he's off with Cantlow uh, the other one we're going to talk about getting him ready although as as Brian said cause of causes yeah that's fascinating I don't think he'll run personally yeah it'd be, it'd be a brave call but they've, they've got to run him. They've got to run him somewhere before Aintree. I have a feeling Aintree is just going to be the be all and end. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a spin over over hurdle somewhere now. Yeah, just just, just before we start talking about the weekend's action, actually, because there's a horse in that race that we really need to talk about. Oh God! Um, it was another big weekend for Gigginstown. Not only did a Torfil win, but uh, Noel Mead won with Ice Cold Soul. <sighs> I was sick. Yeah, because yeah. I read Johnny Ward did a, an interview with Eddie O'Leary, and Eddie had a very interesting point. He was basically saying whichever one we decide to go with in the Coral Duddy hurdle will be the one that would be interesting and I complete had that in my mind going I was just immediately thinking oh they're going to have a load of runners in that race and completely forgot they only had the one representative now, it's easy in hindsight well, we, we spoke easy about the, we spoke about this horse um, you did you not, tipped him at Christmas time not all that many weeks ago yeah, yeah. and obviously things went wrong at Christmas yeah. um, and thankfully a few people were tweeting or saying that they, they'd kept the fate and, well, and well done Great to, them. to hear, well done. Um, Delighted for you. I can't say I was in that boat, no, unfortunately, but hey-ho, such is life. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, John John Neal described him as the best horse he's ever trained. <sighs> now he's entered in a cross-country chase. What the hell has happened to more of that? Uh, look, that's, that's horses. Physical problems. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the chassis and everything else... Things just don't work out generally, do they? Well, as um, as was pointed out to me by Richie on Twitter, why are they not going for a staying hurdle? I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's very left field. It's, Bloody hell! It's like, way over there. I, I can only assume he's no longer with John John. Is now with Enda. <laughs> you could be right. You could be right. I don't know. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Why is John Joe suddenly taking an interest in cross country racing? Well, sure, if he was with Enda, the entry would be in Enda's name doesn't always change that quickly though mm. you are right like, but it doesn't always change that quickly I don't know I'd be surprised know. now yeah well obviously, look he's clearly had an awful lot of problems maybe, they, maybe they've just took it, sat back and said right now he's just a project well if he goes to Enda and they can get him right in the same way that they got Gar Petra right from the same yard then he could mop these races up for years well look he, he's fundamentally there I said it again that's my word of the week it really is <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen the final front <laughs> podcast word of the week is fundamentally <laughs> he's clearly got a lot of physical problems yeah um, a lot of mental problems too about the looks of things <laughs> send him off to Lourdes then the, then the horse psychologist just sorry for him because like there's no question we were talking about this horse last season He was he 6-4 to four for the RSA god he was short yeah himself and poor old no more heroes my poor god poor thing he beat Hanny Power unbeaten at the time the only horse to beat Hanny Power when she stood up and he's still only nine yeah it's actually frightening anyway the mighty Cantlow is also entered in that race 
We'll be winning the cross country race in Cheltenham, assuming that more of that's not not in the caravenda now. And you know what? The the, the bad side of my personality, the, the the nasty mean side of my personality, the troll. Al- almost wants the little troll. <laughs> almost wants him to run in the cross country chase at the festival and come upside, traveling like a, <laughs> traveling like a traveling thing, and stick his head up in the air and dog it just so I can slag Tony Keenan. <laughs> 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 hey, listen, that doesn't suit me, seeing as I've backed him as well, by the way. So oh, can... oh, I would laugh in a real, in a real oh. mean, begrudging sort of way. Just, 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 if, you ever, if you ever wanted an example of what a bitter, bitter lemon Kevin is. Oh. And by the way, this is the guy who I stood there in the bar amongst friends, staring at the television with the whole sick bag Conti thing going on, going, well, if he wins, he wins. Kevin was hiding behind his sofa. <laughs> I know, we all have... We all have a bit of our aggressiveness and bitterness wrapped up in us somewhere there. Yeah, but um, the thing to do is to either go to therapy or... Or take, up, a, or take up boxing. Use a punching bag. I was just going to say, use a punching bag or do like a healthy way of and doing that's it. That's kept me in the straight and narrow and, for years. And, and not be uh, sending abusive tweets to Tony Keenan saying, ha, told you, or, uh, or, or abusing your fellow man and woman on the old tweet machine uh, right Cheltenham is just going to be outrageous this weekend Underso gets rerouted here uh, alongside Kerry Lee's top gamble Special Tiara's back in haven't been taken out yeah good stuff now and Uxandra Uxandra could go here as well uh, that was a horrible pronunciation Uxandra uh, the last winner for Tony McCoy at the Cheltenham Festival there's a quiz question for you in the future Ah, too easy for my quizzes. Mm, dodging bullets? Oh, no. Um, so it's <laughs> what about go... the juvenile hurdle? Well, it's let's, talk, be a proper let's, let's talk about this first of all. Um, Underso wins, doesn't he? Um, how soft is it going to be there? It says good to soft now. He wanted a little bit softer than that, would he? Just to be, just to hammer home the issue, he'd want to be, he'd want to be a little bit softer than that. I think he was all right in the Dinkle Creek, though. Mm. That wasn't heavy, like. No, no, it wasn't. I don't think it needs the heavy, but. Yeah, he, he look, he's he probably win. going to win. He's, he's probably going, he's going to win. win. All right, yeah. juvenile hurdle, 12 o'clock. It's such an epic day of racing on Saturday. They've got to start so early, and they're going to start in great style with this juvenile hurdle. So we've got these two JP McManus horses that are going to be at the top of the market. Uh, Deffy Desoy, favourite for the Triumph Hurdle, and Charlie Parks. Will they take each other on, do you think? You'd be, you'd be surprised if they did. I wish they did, because I really like Charlie Parks, and I think he'd beat Deffy Desoy. What? I I really liked him. He's been for me the most impressive juvenile hurdler this season. Oh wow, that's Re- a big shout! Really liked him at Kempton the way he did it. Seriously powerful performance. I liked the way he jumped. He was he was put into the race too soon, really, because well, not, he wasn't so much put into the race as he absolutely towed his way into the race. Mm. And um, I just really liked him. I thought it was very very impressive. And Deffy Desai has been impressive in his own way but he's also been doing a few things a little bit wrong you know mm. he wasn't too good at the last few hurdles last time and uh, yeah Charlie Parks would do for me now but I, I you'd, be, you'd be surprised if they clashed but wherever Charlie Parks goes I'll be watching very close actually thinking about it I'm going to I'm going to revise that statement I wouldn't be surprised if they clashed at all because at some point they've got to decide where these horses are going and JP's got an absolute mountain of these horses with Joseph and he's got a good few in the UK. And eventually, you have to decide. They can't all go Triumph and they can't all go Fred Winter. Some of them is going to have to go for the Supreme. Oh, and that'll be the, the rabbit. Yeah. That'll be the rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. And I wonder, do you take the winner of this race and decide, right, he goes Supreme? Or do you take the winner of this and confirm him for the Triumph? And let's say if, let's say if Deffy Desoy, let's give you favoritism here. So if you really like Charlie Parks, let's say Charlie Parks does him, wins the race. And they go, right, 
we're going to go supreme with him. And we're going to take Defi Desai to the triumph. And is there perhaps a little clue in the in the fact that Defi Desai is obviously shorter than Charlie Parks for the triumph, mm. but it's vice versa for the supreme? Is yeah. the, is the mark are the markets anticipating the situation you you laid out there? Ooh, now that market will have been affected by the fact that I'm pretty sure Tom Siegel tipped. This is true. He tipped Charlie Park for the supreme. This is true. I think he had two swings at it, and one of them was Charlie Parks. Mm. But one of those two you would imagine or maybe one of Joseph's and maybe Joseph's decides Land of Hope and Glory should go for the Supreme well I think it's going to be the Irish Independent tomorrow I saw her pal Johnny Ward tweet about it which is today yes for listeners uh, uh, he is he, Joseph has seemingly been very bullish about Houses of Parliament who was uh, thrashed on debut he wasn't trashed thrashed on debut by the Graham Wiley hyperbole Go on. Um, so yeah I think we'll, we'll learn more about the Irish ones um, come we've got one more big race left at Leopardstown for these horses to sort themselves out Yeah, and we'll know more about them then but I think a lot of these Joseph horses just aren't going to be ready in time for the likes of Cheltenham yeah but those two could be so like Land of Up and Glory has obviously had a lot of racing and I wonder if part of the reason that he had so much racing was knowing full well well there's two things you can look at one you give him a good education for Cheltenham but you could then reroute him to the Supreme if needs be. It's interesting. I hadn't considered it. I, I hadn't considered it, but mm. of course it could happen. But one of the, like, binocular ran in the Supreme and yeah. second behind your horse. Um, what was his name? What a race that was. Edward Hartley's horse? Captain CB. Captain CB. Yeah, didn't listen to you that day. Let me um, just see. Is there, is there even a price, Land of the Hope and Glory even priced for it? I, I, they're not all going to go triumph. And it's not unprecedented for a juvenile hurdler to go for the Supreme. He's only um, priced in three spots and all 30 trees. And House of Parliament okay. is also 30 trees. Okay. So, yeah. Look, it's interesting. One of those horses, if not two. But like you say, he has an awful lot of, of bullets there. Yeah. Even with the ones that haven't run yet. I mean, we're talking about an awful lot of Coolmore horses that have yet to see the track. So yeah. they're going to get split. Um, I don't How hard is it going to be to win, to win a summer maiden hurdle in Ireland? Because you know a lot of these horses are going to be slow coming along. Joseph is from now on. Joseph isn't going to have a whole lot of interest of, of you know taking away their novice status. Even nope. though they have extended the the kind of I don't know what the term is, but basically if you if you if you lose your maiden status late in the season, they've extended it. Yeah. The period where you can keep running in novice races so yeah. until well into the the new the, this year. Well, if you've got an expensively acquired horse from Coolmore that's not ready to run this season, why would you blow his maiden tag when he could be a supreme novice hurdle horse next season? Yeah. And I'd imagine a lot of these will be out of maiden hurdles in May and June and good luck winning one yeah. of those lads. So normally it's Willie Mullins as all these horses, but now Willie's going to be scratching and going, Jenny Bick and Joseph O'Brien's got another one of these yokes to come. Thistle cracks out at the weekend. Can't wait. Can't wait because I hard to know. Manny Clouds is probably going to be there against them. But Manny Clouds is Leighton Aspel jocked up, Wayne Hutchinson jocked up on Smart Place. Yeah, I think as much as anything, the the thing I'm going to, certainly going to be concentrating on is it's Thistle Crack versus the Cheltenham Fences round two. Yeah. That's going to be super interesting. I wonder how big the field would be. I wonder how many of these actually stand their ground. Oh, surely not many. Mm. And he's probably going to end up making the running again. Yeah. Well, Smad Place will be will be there, which will make things interesting. If I'm riding Smad Place, I'm making the run, and I don't care how fast yep. I have to go. I don't care if I'm going at unsustainable pace. If I want to have any chance to be, well, 
that's maybe overstating it but if you're going to get a Tissel crack beat get upsides him yeah. get a half a length up on him test his jumping you can call that a, a cynical way of looking at things but that's how if you're competitive and you want to beat Tissel crack you have you cannot let him do things his own way yeah. because we saw he was most vulnerable so far at Cheltenham when um, was it Marinero tried to take him on a bit yeah. and when he got half a length up on him Tisselcrack didn't didn't cope super well with that Mm. so if you want to beat Tisselcrack you have to take him on and I'd like to see it not because I want to see Tisselcrack end up on his arse absolutely not I want to see if he's come forward if he is that little bit more sensible as he looked at at Kempton and can he cope with that sort of pressure because he's going to need to cope with that sort of pressure in a Gold Cup I think absolutely but you say he's come forward how many times did he did he absolutely launch himself at one like I remember watching that race at Kempton and like there were times I was going, oh my god! Oh yeah, he did two, two or three at the ditches again. Yeah, uh, he wasn't quite as bad, but still enough to make it go. Like I was on properly on the edge of my seat yeah. watching the race. And Cheltenham, it's just not so easy to get away with that. As as he found out himself the last time he was mm. there, and he landed directly on top of one because you have to deal with fences that are slightly downhill. You know, it is a very turning track. It's not so easy to get away with these things. It's also fairly evident now that. Q card was at least a stone below his best that day. Have we found out something new since? Well, he must have been. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, he can't be alongside T for two with yeah. greatest respect to Lizzie Kelly. Look, whether it was him being below himself, whether you know trying to match strides with Tissler Crack, hard ma- race against Conny Green the previous time on bad ground. Quite possibly, for whatever reason, bare form is not worth a whole pile in, yeah. in in terms of what we come to expect from a King George. But that's not Tissler Crack's fault. No. And he like this. This won't be this one. Like Manny Clouds is rated one sixty six. He could make the running as well. You know, smart place one sixty three. It's not an unreasonable test. Mm. You know, essentially, it, it's it won't be that far behind the King George minus your Q card. Yeah, I was just going to say terms of actually. quality, it's yeah. probably better. Yeah. You know, it's certainly a lot better on paper. Is much better opposition than than the likes of T for two. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't want this to sound negative at all. I'm delighted to see him out this weekend. It's fantastic. Oh, brilliant! It's just. Like, he is undoubtedly the star of racing this season. I mean, a case can be put forward for Dovan as well, but Dovan hasn't gone and taken on older horses in a grade no, one and, and bit made bits of them. This guy has. No, there's no comparison. This horse is the box office horse yeah. in training. Yeah. You cannot take your eyes off this lad. And I'd be, I'd be buzzing before this race. Yeah, can't wait for it. It's going to be fascinating. And, and the thing about it is, what really makes this interesting is, it is going to be a test for him because all right, Smart Place hasn't exactly been in the top form this season, but Many Clouds was good last time out, and a Smart Place back to his form. Like if this crack brushes these two away, he's long odds on favourite for the Gold Cup straight away. And I think another question that will potentially get answered here, to a certain extent, is the the stamina question because if he can see this out very strongly, it's only one half a furlong extra, isn't it? Yeah, little bit short for a furlong, I yeah. think. Um, if he can see this out well I think and I, and I have slight concerns on these grounds that I don't think he wants a real yeah, slog as do I. over 3 mile 2 at Cheltenham especially mm-hmm. if there's a bit of an ease if he can see this out well and like I say I just really hope they go a proper gallop here they yeah. don't mess about and there are plenty of horses in here that will go forward or can go forward you know we said the same thing in the King George but he ended up bossing the race from a long way out I just hope they're aggressive and that they re- they want it you know because sometimes when you have a horse like Tisselcrack and you can hear people talking like it already you know they, they give them the, the, the cloak of invincibility 
and they get into a negative mindset oh you know if we try and make if we try and give him a lead we'll cut our own throat and we'll finish last you know let's just sit in behind him there so hopefully we'll finish second or he might fall you know I, I want the I want these lads to take to take take him on mm. from the outset from the very first fence give the horse a kick in the belly and try and make the running take him on you have to test him if you're going to beat him you're going to beat him that way yeah Never well, mind picking up the pieces. Well, whatever happens, let's hope he comes back safe and sound because we want to see him in the Gold Cup. Oh, look, that goes without saying. Because it's going to be some race. That goes without saying. I'm being greedy. I want to. I want to learn about him. I want to see this. And that, look, this, maybe I'm not being greedy. This is what horse racing is supposed to be all about. We're supposed to see these tip-top animals get tested. Yeah. And we've all been conditioned by, I suppose, the way things have gone in the game in recent seasons where they're being put into the softest option and looking to avoid their main competition if they can. You know, Colin Tizard and, and the Snooks, so, such a breath of fresh Unbelievable. air. Unbelievable. They're doing what the whole game is supposed to be about, testing their horse. I would be happily mopping up that world hurdle and pocketing the <laughs> prize so money. So would I. Thank you very much. Job done. See you at Cheltenham next year. And here, they've won a King George. Nobody would knock them if they, were, if they did a best mate and went straight from the King George to the Gold Cup. And here they are, testing a horse at, at the track where he perhaps has his biggest concerns with, yeah. with these fences in terms of stamina as well. And here we are, 33 days after the King George, and they're going to run him again. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And I hope this, it, like, and I know I've been making plenty of not negative noise but picking away at Tissel Crack all season I want to see him bolt up here yeah. that's what I really want I have my concerns I have my worries but in my heart of hearts I want to see him wing fences and bolt up because it'd be great it'd be fantastic mm. I'd love to see his connections rewarded the sport needs superstars and he is a proper superstar that we as a game can really hang our hat on yeah. I just hope it goes well yeah and it needs um, I will be taking the 10 to 1 jacket him <laughs> before this race oh, look if, you, if you're taking 10 to 1 Jack Adam you have to take 30 trees down pole obviously well. I mean what do you take me for uh, you, you, and did you, you hear you, what Brian Cooper said yeah, he said, you, he's, you said st- he's going <laughs> to win the Gold Cup he called out to this little crack <laughs> <laughs> you stitch- By the way, he didn't. If for some reason you're only hearing this now, he I did do not. stitch me up as well. I, I'm clearly on the Don Poli each way angle. He's place value, even even in my most ambitious. Did you tip Don- for the Gold Cup or not? Oh yeah. Well then, what are you talking about? Well, it's more. Yeah, you know, people tip horses all the time with, with a view to the place part of the bet more so than the win. Uh, come home safe and sound, Thistle Crack. Um, and uh, best of luck to the Snooks, Colin Tizard, and Colin Scudamore this weekend. That is going to be a cracking race. 2.15 live on ITV4. Is it being moved to ITV by any chance? No, no chance. Oh. As far as I'm aware, no chance. Okay. It doesn't really matter because, I mean, racing fans are going to watch it anyway. You know, the but... thing is, they'll probably be replaying some you know 1990s film at the same time. <laughs> what, was that? What, what was the one they had the first set? It was a kindergarten cop. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is a classic. <laughs> it, it, it is a classic. It got more, and I think this is the thing, it got more viewers than the race. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Look, I, we all know where ITV4 is. It's, it's ground to get. By the way, is this on TV3 at the weekend, you know? I, I'll check. Please I, do. I have a feeling it isn't. Oh, I have a feeling it is. Okay. Bear, I bear think with it me. is too, but that'll be great for us selfish Irish viewers. Um, Neptune Novices Hurdle takes place this weekend as well, which has had some fairly interesting entries. Here we go. Um, most importantly, the Cleave Hurdle, uh, which will go for four o'clock live on TV3. It's on TV3E. Fantastic. One Excellent. o'clock to half three, does that mean? Yeah, Tissler Crack is there. We're going to miss one or two, but well, we've got Tissler Crack, that's all that matters. We'll miss the Cleave Hurdle. I will miss the first, but that's um, to be fair. 
that's no one's fault really no it's, it's not a, we'll get the Clarence House and we'll get Thistle Cratch yeah look at. which is huge and the cross country show so and, yeah, yeah. brilliant we'll, we'll get to see Cantlow in action as well so <laughs> full credit to TV3 for that uh, Cleve Hurdle you know what I mean Harry Drifted on the exchanges a while back. Uh, look, Load of the, these things happen every single year. You get a, a, a wild drift on, on one of the market leaders and everybody starts getting very jumpy and the fullness of time shows that it was abs- some some fat man in a wife beater <laughs> eating a pot noodle, half of it dribbled down his top, <laughs> sitting alone in his one bedroom bedsit having a little mess around with his few quid in his best fair account and sniggering away to himself <laughs> you go on got you all worried there didn't you <laughs> hot noodle man we're on to you we know what you're at you're not fooling anyone Brian Cooper knows who he is <laughs> and he's coming for you um, you know what I mean Harry you'll win this uh, look I've made no breaking sec- news you know what I mean Harry will win this great too no I've made no secret of how highly I regard you know what I mean Harry I think yeah. he is the world hurdle winner have done it pretty much from his first start this season I've, I've been all over him I'm very impressed with him he's improved again love the way he does things hopefully nice straightforward here and goes and wins the stairs hurdle so before we move to Leopardstown we saw Jeske come back you tweeted afterwards that he's not a bad each way shot for the champion hurdle do you have any indication in the previous days in the days since as to what direction connections want to go in no none at all but look all I was doing there was I was a little bit surprised with how much the focus was on the world hurdle afterwards you know I know look he was clearly entitled to win that race he was very well in at the weights I just like the style he did it in and you know we know he's won over three miles that wasn't really a full strong test of stamina that, that time he beat Hurricane Fly and if he were mine, I'd be running in the champion hurdle. Absolutely. He's the, he's the same age as, as um, Faheen and Annie Power, which, you know, is easy to forget because he has been away for a little while. But he, he, God, he jumped well the other day. Jumped really well. Yeah. And had all, showed, like, seemed to have all his enthusiasm. And, you know, we had, and it's easy to forget about it because he was away for so long. You know, we had a fairly strong theory at the time that himself and Tony McCoy just did not get on. Barry Garrity's unbeaten on him. That's a really good shout. I, I don't think he ever got on with Jeski. Jeski never settled well, well for Tony McCoy. But and there's a problem with that. How is Barry Gardy going to get off Yanworth to ride Jeski? Oh, I know, but maybe... maybe now, I know, maybe now I know you could look at it and say, well, hold on a second, the two compar- comparisons of careers don't match up. One's career is is far stronger than the others but one's in the ascendancy the other is coming back to oh but as much as anything I just don't think he got on with McCoy. If Mark Walsh rode him I'm sure they'd get on famously. Yeah. Uh, what a ride that would be for Mark Walsh and well deserved oh cracker um, so if he's mine that's where I go he wouldn't he, you'd go champion oh yeah and it looked a little bit like Dan Poli. he'd be no 33 to 1 shot if he lined up in a champion he should be ha- less than half that really again more so in terms of I think he'd have a super chance of hitting the frame okay um, so are you advising the loyal listeners of the Final Final Podcast to take the non-runner no bet for the champion hurdle oh yeah if you've non-runner no bet by all means and I have a feeling if it was up to Jesse, she'd go that way really but it, look we, of course we know with, with a big ownership operation like JP it's not as simple as what the trainer wants to do yeah um, but it does say an awful lot that Yanworth was rerouted now I know he's the more versatile of the two between you know what I mean Harry and, and him but Alan King was adamant even after he won the Christmas hurdle thanks Harry Fry because we were going for the world hurdle this season mm-hmm. or stairs hurdle as it's now known or I should say now known back to being known as right Leopardstown we're going to be there oh yes this is going to be cracking racing starts at half past one uh, last race is at 4.30 
and um, it's a brilliant day's racing. Um, simple as that. We'll start by talking about the the Irish article. Um, we've already talking, talked to Brian about Identity Thief, who thankfully is able to run um, because God. it looked as though his season was over. Imagine. But of course, he comes up against Arkle winner 2017, Min. <laughs> well, I think anyone that's been listening to the podcast would have would have known that you know we were very hopeful about Identity Thief given certainly putting it up to Min last time obviously went horrifically wrong from an early stage. It'll be very interesting to see how they bet here. Because Min is obviously going to be super short, but how short and how big will they dare put Identity Thief in? It's going to be very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Um, could you take the chance of Identity Thief coming out? It's, it's not exactly an ideal preparation, but I suppose, look, if you if you fancy, if you backed on the last day, I think you probably have to go in again at double the price or triple the price, whatever he'll be. Well, well, it is all about price, isn't it? Um, I mean, I wouldn't have him with counterfeit, to be completely honest about it, but... I, mean, I think this is going to be a race to sit back and watch. Um, but if he if he is able to go and win this race, he's interesting. But well, look, identity thief was seven to four last day. He's probably going to be. Let's let's have a let's have a guess here. He's going to be a six in in what's going to be a small field almost certainly. He's he's going to be a six to eight to one shot, isn't he? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, more than likely. Very hard to notice. Because it's a run that just puzzles so much. It, it depends what what else turns up in there, but. Like Min's going to be super short. Does anyone have a market up on this? I don't think so. I don't think. Like, bear in mind, we're recording this on Tuesday evening, so I don't think there is a market yet. But it's essentially like Blue Rouge is an interesting horse, but this is really about Min and Identity Thief. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at Min. I I really like Min. I mm. I, I do really like him, and at the prices, I, I'd have him over Altior right now. I, I'd have very very little between them, it in in real terms. But at the prices, I'd be with Min, and. You know he, he's he's probably going to go and win here, but I'd love to see Identity Thief come back to himself and arrive up there besides him two out, and we'll see what happens after that. But well, what you want to see is if it if it's possible, if Identity Thief can be fully fit, if he can actually give him a race, and if Min puts him away, yeah, then all of a sudden you're they're thinking, they're very bloody held. Min, Min and Altior are going to be what quite a race a bit that's going to be. Whereas if Min gets chinned, then it kind of becomes a bit of an anticlimax, really, for that if race. If Min gets chinned, that race is on its head. Yeah. Does York completely. Does York Hill come into the mix? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well, if Min gets chinned, it means that JP probably really pushes for Bouvardier to go for it. Mm. So it, so it, uh, it has bigger ramifications than Bouvardier, there, though. Yeah, but it does. It certainly makes. Remember Ruby Walsh's quote after the. After the Neptune officers heard last season, that fellow will win the Oracle next year. With his mouth open, I believe, yeah. was, the, was the quote. Yeah, so, yeah, certainly. If, look, if Min, for some reason, got chinned in, in that race, then obviously things change. But Min would still be going to Cheltenham. Ugh. It's priced up. Go on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Uh, Actually, quite two, a few firms have it up. Two's on Min. You're close enough, yeah. What price is he? Best price, 4 to 9. Right. An identity thief, best price. 7 to 2? 9 to 2. Mm, okay. Some plan eights, blue eye rouge, twelves, fourteens bar. Jeez, nine to two is actually a little bit interesting. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I could, uh, nine to uh, two wouldn't tempt I, me. I, I wouldn't back him anyway. I'd, I'd want a bigger price than that. Yeah. I, I would imagine he'll get bigger than that if the field as it stands turns up. Identity thief will get bigger than that. I'd imagine. Didn't he drift like an absolute barge for the novice hurdle on this card last year? Who? Identity thief. The for the champion hurdle. So, oh, sorry, for two years ago. 
He was going for the novice hurdle on this car two years Oh, ago. yeah, he tripped. Ap- absolute barge. Yeah. And ran rubbish, didn't he? Yeah, terrible. Yeah, I remember that. Um, go on, Min. Let's make that article interesting and uh, make uh, make the Cheltenham dreams for me even better. Three <laughs> thirty, uh, the Irish Champion Hurdle. It'll be yeah. live on at the races. Kevin Blake on duty with Gary O'Brien. Um, so we're still trying to figure out if this is going to be Fohin's comeback or not. Um, what an anticlimax it'll be oh. if it isn't. Oh. And what happens? What happens then? You know, in the bigger picture, is Willie going to send him to the champion without a run? Well, it's what, not pr- like he, what price will he be if he does it's not like he hasn't gone to Cheltenham with a horse before making a season reappearance not in the champion hurdle no you know winning the mayor's hurdle with one on their on their seasonal reappearance is one thing but a champion hurdle several and I know, times I know Faheen is super like the most talented horse in the field but God, for a horse that, that often turns up to his first run of the year big and burly I know he's been on the go for a fair bit but ooh, you're going to have to get a fair few race course gallops into him to get him right Can I deviate for a second here and say that I think the most interesting thing is that Vroom Vroom Mag's not entered but she is entered for the Galmoy Hurdle on Thaestes Day at Gorham Park and Willie himself was expressing concerns about her over three miles um, and saying ooh I'm not too sure now I'm not too sure if we want to go that route to Cheltenham yet they've got her entered for the Galmoy doesn't mean she'll run but it is significant that a Rich Ritchie backup is not entered here. We need to, as a matter of high priority, sort out a jingle for William Mullins Bingo. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Big time. Consider that done for next week. Because, yeah. Deirdre, get on that for next week. William Mullins Bingo, please. If you don't do it, we'll get Denise to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I said it. So we're in a different studio this week, and it and it works differently. Um, basically, uh, Deirdre's in a booth, um, just for just for recording benefits, and uh, it means that she can't talk back. She can run in at any second and throw something at Kevin, oh, but she what, can't. What a, she can't ple- talk what a back. pleasure! What a pleasure! But, but, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Deirdre's Twitter admirers will be will be. Uh, Oh, they're they're going to be you're going and, to get and trolled, and there are plenty of you're them. You're going to get trolled significantly over the weekend. Getting well, not, back, not so much trolling me. They'll all be trying to 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 um, woo her. Getting back on track. <laughs> Ivan Grozny is entered here as well, and he hasn't been seen for what, 119 days. Good uh, horse. He lines up very good horse who's improved significantly, mm, making the running. And what Graham was saying the last time I had him on the show was that they were thinking of going for a grade two with him uh, to see if he was up to grade one class. But this would suggest that. They very much think he's great one class and he could end if up... If they run him. Look, do, 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 William Mullins, bingo. Yeah, Nicholas yeah. Canyon will run, won't he? Yeah, definitely. Even though sure. I don't think he really likes Leopards down. Um, probably not, but for sure he'll run. Yeah. Uh, Petit Mishwar definitely goes. You can see footpad lining up here. Mm. Ivanovich Gorbatov will go. County hurdler remains behind that. Phil Smith will uh, give him 186. He won't be able to run in the well, county. Oh, he'll, 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 he'll raise him the highest horse since um, Mr. Brack. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> given his close proximity to all these great horses and we better touch on that just briefly for a second because we, we've, had, we've had a bit of feedback on this in the last um, the last week or so and we had news today about Mega Fortune my Fred Winter oh my god my Fred Winter hope is happening can we just can, before we do that can we just finish this Irish Champion okay go on okay. go on I'm champing at the bit here so we need to see Faheen back basically and very if, important and if we do not see Faheen any powers not entered what does that tell you Whew. I just don't think either of these horses are working well at all yeah the thing that Reading concerns me the about Annie Power is that he was talking about now I know that you were saying he thinks out loud he was talking about Limony as going for that race that Apple Jade is going to go for now he's talking about Annie Power going for that race which she did win last year and the talk is that Annie Power if she goes to Cheltenham is going to go for the 
OLBG mare's hurdle or the David Nicholson David Nicholson mare's hurdle that's where she'll go it's a huge concern in my mind she's not entered here basically reading between the lines I think in Willie's head he's saying right I've got any power to Cheltenham before without the benefit of a run in top form was going to win the mare's hurdle doing handsprings and then she did a handspring over the last mm-hmm. I think he's com- oh. I think he's comfortable in his own mind that he can prepare her at home to get the Cheltenham in, in pretty much top shape I don't think he has the same confidence with Faheen because I've seen Faheen the last few years in his first run of the season and that got on him yeah he'll, he'll be very very keen to get her run into him those I'd comments imagine. from Dan Skelton at Ascot this yeah. horse couldn't possibly be fit and he bolted yeah. up I I would be in his own head I think he'll he'll re- be very keen to get her on into him so if he doesn't turn up oh the, the, we've had we've had smoke we've had the little alarm going off it'll be seriously worrying news if he doesn't turn up at the weekend okay for it's me also, it's also going to be uh, and look you've got to be looking ahead to Cheltenham because everyone wants to look ahead to Cheltenham but this is a great race and the five-time winner of this race will have a statue unveiled in his honour beforehand, which we're claiming credit for, by the way, because we've campaigned for so long. But well done to Leopardstown for doing this, because it's absolutely brilliant. It's a bronze, life-size statue of Hurricane Fly, and it will be unveiled on Sunday afternoon. I'm thrilled they're doing this. Well, it was um, it was his owners that commissioned it. Well done to them. Well done to them. And um, it'll be just... Um, if, when you come in the main gate at Leopardstown, like, through the turnstiles, it's going to be right there, permanently, life-size bronze absolutely brilliant couldn't deserve it more brilliant delighted for him and rumour is his mouth's going to be wide open and his teeth bared as well (laughs) you know in in his traditional pose so that'll be fun to see is there also going to be a statue of (laughs) Willie Mullins with the arse bitten off and limping away (laughs) that'll be great everyone will walk up and they'll want the hurricane fly selfie you walk up and you kind of put your hand in his mouth and do a ah and get the picture taken (laughs) Um, seriously though I mean like my one of my favourite horses ever and what an incredible um, performance it was when he won his fifth there wonderful horse great just fantastic I'm so thrilled that's happening and he's hugely popular I don't think he's popular enough I I think he's absolutely dead horse there's there's problems with politics here Hurricane Fly could sort the whole thing out (laughs) make Hurricane Fly Taoiseach Um, Petit Mouchoir will give Faheen a real test if he does turn up he won't let him have it his own way and so will Nichols Canyon if Graham Wiley's right and he wasn't right the last day and he's back to his best two of them will really make him go tact Excuse me. Tactics are interesting because if you're on, if you're Petit Mouchoir, you want to take on Petit Faheen. Mouchoir. I know Faheen doesn't necessarily have to lead, mm. but I want to take him on. If I if I'm take if I'm racing against Faheen on Faheen's first run of the year, I'm taking him on for the lead. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, Galmoy Hurdle, Vroom Vroom Mike retains an entry as does Shane's Hill. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Clondo Warriors entered as well. So this all could have changed by the time the podcast comes out. It'll be available on Wednesday afternoon. Um, but it's fascinating that Vroom Vroom Mag has that entry at the very least because it starts to make you think, well, maybe they are actually going to go lean for the world turtle with her. Um, but perhaps the most interesting runner in the, in the race, that could be the jingle. You've just done it there now. Perhaps the most interesting runner on the card, and this is a bold call, uh, runs in the PJ Foley Memorial Flat Race. Oh, Jesus. And this horse is... Oh, yeah. Well, there's two, actually. First of all, there's Getterbird. And there's the horse who beats Getterbird, West Coast Time. And there's the horse that Brian Cooper just put up to us, Monbeg Worldwide. Yeah. Wow. And there's the horse that I really like in Willie Mullins. Carter ba- McKay. Bally Ward. Oh, Bally Ward. I was going to say Carter McKay. <laughs> if half these turn up, it'd be oh, the best bumper yeah, in Ireland by a mile. And there's Next Destination there as well. Yeah, proper race. 
Uh, oh, look, we'll see what turns up. We'll see what turns up. I believe uh, Get a Bird's going to run. <laughs> I'm trying to think why I think that. Well, I, I, I believe West Coast time runs. Oh, well, bear with me one second. I've just had a I've just had a flashback to where I read that. And yes, Johnny Ward, our main man, spoke to Willie Mullins. JW, get a bird, set to run at Goran. Mellon, far from certain to do so. What? At Goran. He's all, Melon's also entered at Leopardstown. At Leopardstown, relax, yeah. I was relax, going to relax, say. Relax. No, I was going to say, the social media will implode if that horse doesn't come out as the weekend. Oh, uh, Melon backers. There's probably uh, just, some really clever pun to be made there, just but I don't, a, I don't have it. Um, just, a, uh, just on a serious Melon backers note. in a ball? Just, no, a, just on a serious no, note. No. This horse hasn't run for 506 days, this Melon. He's yet to run over hurdles. Like, even if he does win, he's winning a maiden hurdle. It's Willie Mullins. He's probably running four school and hurdles in the last two months. He'll have won a maiden hurdle sure and then has to go to the Supreme where he'll take on the mighty Moonracer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, like, he basically needs to be a machine. If you listen to their Willie Mullins grapevine. Yeah, anyway. Grapevines and bingos and... Geez. What are you most looking forward to seeing this weekend? Oh, Tissel Crack, obviously. Yeah. But it's just going to be Cheltenham's going to be brilliant Leopardstown's going to be brilliant everyone always bitches and moans the things Goran that Park's going to be brilliant exactly you know it's it's easy to complain about National Hunt Racing sort of from in between Christmas and Cheltenham that it all goes a little bit quiet but this weekend is, is the best weekend in between the two for me and it's yeah. going to, you know you've got this weekend and you've got Irish Gold Cup weekend two proper meetings um, really looking forward to them now gives us a huge amount to talk about next week gives us a huge amount to talk about on the Get In programme on ATR oh, yes. on Friday the 3rd of February as well which we're very much looking forward to doing but before we wrap up before we go I cut you off uh, during the Irish Champion Hurdle because I wanted to wrap up that conversation but you were apoplectic today with your close personal friend Phil Smith uh, who's at it again I remember Alan Fleming um, yep. entered Blue Hell just to find out what the story was and uh, we probably had a similar situation this weekend with Mega Fortune not even so much. He just went a bit mad with, with Mega Fortune. You'd have to say he, he's no, as in I think connections were entering him to find oh, out. Oh, they were having what a look. They were having a look before they give him his final run at Leopardstown, mm-hmm. we'll say. And he's got an Irish mark of one thirty-three, mm-hmm. and Phil's given him one forty-six, <laughs> which is um, as as our, as our good pal the the Izita monster. On, Brilliant uh, name, by the way. What a name. On Twitter says, he points out, that's only two pounds lower than Neon Wolf. And look, the thing about Phil Smith is, and I know... This is the same Neon Wolf, by the way, who's been given a large P by Timeform. Yeah, look, look, we talk about Phil Smith a lot. We talk about his treatment of the Irish horses. We, we say, you know, off the cuff or whatever, that it's basically a you're not welcome sign. It isn't so much that. Look, the thing about Phil Smith and his treatment of Irish horses is there quite clearly is a discrepancy between Irish hurdle marks and English marks. No one is denying that. You only need to look at the record of Irish trained horses in English handicap hurdles to tell you that there is a a discrepancy there. Right, but what I and many others have issue with is the way Phil Smith goes and and his other handicappers go about it because they just make it up as they go along. Surely they can look at the scales and say, okay, we're out of skelter here by six pounds, seven pounds, eight pounds, whatever they think 
it's and let, we'll put fate in their best judgment and apply that across the board. Mm. But this crack of pulling figures out of their out of their arse basically. And Tony Keenan's article on this was fantastic last Brilliant. season because in black and white it showed that Phil Smith is clearly treating horses trained by Gordon Elliott much much harsher yeah. than horses trained by Willie Mullins. And there's no justification for that. You're not supposed to handicap based on the the the, the trainer's name beside the horse. You're supposed to handicap the horse. You know, that's the main issue I and many others have. Like, And look, like I say, plenty of Irish horses will probably still come and win these handicap hurdles. But that's what frustrates Irish trainers, Irish punters, anyone looking in. Um, you know, the likes of Rashan, you know, come on. That's just is very heavy handed handicapping. Well, Johnny uh, Ward's comment last week that you were you were giving a horse a rating on what you think he can achieve, not what he's achieved. Look, it, it's frustrating because any, all anybody wants in life is a fair crack, right? And if, if if Irish trainers knew that, right, we go to England, we've got to run off £10 more, and they know that, and they're either happy to do that or they're not. Situation like Mega Fortune, you enter them up, and you've got whatever it is, £13, whereas other fellas enter up, and they might only get one or £2. You know, that, there's something not right there. Let me ask you this. If Mega Fortune was trained by Alan King, and had had all his racing in Ireland, was travelled over each time, do you think he'd be given a rating of 146? Look, Phil and the rest of them will deny it down to the ground that they handicap the man, not the ball. They quite clearly do. They quite clearly do. Uh, there's there's figures there to prove it. As if Look, go do a search for Tony Keenan's article. It's very, very good. And you the statistics don't lie. And, you know, I wrote a few articles last year about um, the, the upward... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, the inflation of novice marks in England, undeniable. Huge inflation over the last few years. Um, I sent in a few questions. Matt Chapman, to be fair to him, asked Phil Smith and he just spoofed his way around the question and didn't answer it. Uh, you know, these guys are in very important positions. This is a big stakes game and these guys have to be accountable. They're the official handicappers mm-hmm. and they should be accountable. And I think they just, they get a very, like we give them plenty of stick and plenty of others give them plenty of stick, but nothing seems to change. You know, it's just, it's it's frustrating. And you, you can imagine now that the owners of Mega Fortune or what have you, trainer, who anyone, people like me who were, you know, thinking about him for the Fred Winter and he gets this heavy handed treatment. You know, you got to give the horse a chance. Yeah, a that, that's why you're supposed to, the, the handicapping is all about giving horses an equal chance. Yeah, a horse who has clearly been not good enough for grade one level. You know, if and he's, the if only he, alternative he has is the Fred Winter. No. You know, if he's given him that mark, what's he given the, the two horses that have beat him well the last two yeah. times? You know, he's already got a mark that, you know, would, would put him in the mix in a triumph hurdle. What's Land of Hope and Glory's mark going to be? Um, you know, it's... Um, Bob, it's frustrating. Bob Palm, is that the name of the... Bob Palm, yeah. What's his, what's his mark going to be? I think after the triumph hurdle last year, Ivanovich Gorbatov had, had won 5-2 after winning a triumph hurdle. And Mega Fortune after being, you know, quite soundly beaten. I know he wasn't beaten all that far in two grade ones. He's one four six. Wow. You know, look. Yep. Frustrating. Anything frustrating. else you want to say? No, no, that's my that's Blake's rant over for the week, I think. All right. Um hopefully we'll see you at Leopardstown. Well I will be there. Um I'm talking to our listeners. I mean I'm obviously gonna see you. And I must apologize because I did promise that I would give all the listeners the opportunity to buy all of us pints all day long but I'm afraid I, I am there in a professional capacity until about 10 minutes after the last race at which point I will be happy to join in and attempt to catch up yeah uh, I don't think I'll be doing too much drinking because I'll be working a little bit as well but anyway sure we'll go and have the crack 
and uh, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully it'll be good fun um, that is it thank you so much for listening thank you once again for all the kind words for last week's show as well by the way it really is very much appreciated and um, uh, got a, a lovely tweet yesterday from somebody who was saying that they're not particularly uh, they don't have a huge amount of racing knowledge but that they love the show and that they're listening to it every week and you know if you have if you take the time to say something nice it takes effort and it takes requirement to go and do that um, and we really appreciate it and I very much thank you for um, liking for retweeting and for saying nice things don't you even dare ask for anything else well I listen to a few other podcasts not, oh, I, uh, and it, it's becoming a bit of a thing it's becoming a Gabriel bit of a Marcotti thing Gabriel Marcotti did it today in the game podcast for the times it's becoming a bit I'm not going to say that we started it because I copied it off someone else <laughs> <laughs> well, it was pointed out to me that Colin Murray was begging for them on Fighting Talk, which is another brilliant show. It just shows way. you how important they are. So that's if you haven't already done. I will ask nicely. If Gab Marcotti can do it, you can. Get I will it done ask. Quickly, I will though. ask nicely. If you haven't already given us a five star review on iTunes, it's very much appreciated if you do because it does help us. It's not an ego thing. It's to do with rankings and promotion and da 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 da. So if you have if you have an iPhone, have an iTunes account, and you haven't already done it, please do it. It would be much much appreciated more 305 apparently in, really? in the UK that's great Fair it's play, just lads. astonishing thank you so so much and we really appreciate it uh, we're back next week when are we recording next week can you remember nope <laughs> no idea <laughs> we'll just leave it to Deirdre uh, and her capable hands I live, um, I live my life day by day you never know when the people in the black suits and the baseball bats are coming <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Kevin Blake and on that bombshell thank you once again to Brian Cooper thank you to Kevin Blake good luck and for me Emmett Kennedy we'll chat to you next week on attheraces.com God bless have you downloaded the free at the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting with Bet365 Coral Labrooks and William Hill it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.